Yeah, so welcome into Hoopsville, everybody. The basketball seasons are over due to a statement from Mark Emmert indicating that the NCAA has closed down all championships of all kinds. Um, not only this winter, but also the spring championships are done. It is over. Life is going to move on, obviously, but it's certainly gut-wrenching nonetheless for all those who are involved and uh, doesn't get much easier, to say the least. If you want to know what the official statement was uh, from Mark Emmer and the NCAA, there you go. Today, NCAA Mark Pres uh, President Mark Emmer and the Board of Governors canceled the Division I Men's and Women's 2020 Basketball Tournaments, as well as all remaining winter and spring NCAA championships. This decision is based on the evolving COVID-19 public health threat, our ability to ensure the events do not contribute to spread of the pandemic, and the impracticality of hosting such events at this time during the academic year, giving ongoing decisions by other entities. And of course, there's a lot of moving parts with these things. And so you get a little bit of a rough go, as it were. And so unfortunately, the championships are over. Um, just after we had gotten into some pretty good championships, to say the least. Um, it's just, it's, it's unfortunate. I'm gutted for the student athletes. I'm gutted for the seniors. And for those of you who may not be aware, I don't just cover Division Three men's and women's basketball. I cover Division Three men's and women's soccer, men's and women's lacrosse. I certainly have an idea of what other sports are going on, like football, certainly involved with that. And so for my point of view, seeing the championships come to a close especially for the spring where you've got powerhouse programs who barely have gotten a chance to get their season started and even those programs looking to create special seasons to see it all end here in march is just is is a, just i'm at a loss for words i've been at a loss for words for days now um so that i guess i shouldn't be too surprised but say la vie so it's it's unfortunate. I will read you. I didn't get this um, pulled, unfortunately, um, and put on a graphic. But Dixie Jeffers sent a, a uh, quote for us. It's incredibly sad for all involved. Seasons, seasons ended and most have even barely begun. We will get through this and be back bigger and stronger. She went on to say, I support the decision made by the NCA and the WBCA. We should mention the WBCA and the NABC yesterday had canceled their conventions. Uh, I had another quote. Bear with me, uh, as there was a lot moving and a lot of moving parts today, um, and so I'm calling these up. I didn't have enough time to put these all together. Uh, Alex Ritchie, head coach of Oglethorpe, 16 teams ended the season winning their last game. The way these young people throughout the D3 landscape have handled this entire week, like national champions, make uh, makes them just that in my book. And he goes on to say that can be quoted, and, and we just did. It's a tough decision. I mean, obviously, D1 was getting all the attention because the ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, almost everybody canceled their tournaments. Uh, a couple of the tournaments uh, canceled while guys were on the court warming up for their games, which obviously makes it even more difficult for some. And so D1 gets plenty of attention, but as you can imagine, it's, it's a pretty rough go of it. Uh, we're hoping to hear from our D3 brethren here shortly. Um 
But I also think we're going to be able to, excuse me, maybe hear from somebody else on our show, uh, one who would certainly understand a little bit here. I'm going cold. I don't, I don't even know if he's gotten on the phone yet or not, but Kevin Connors, are you there, sir? I am. How about that? Going cold and it worked. Uh, so something's <laughs> working today, Kevin. Uh, let's give it a proper introduction. Kevin Connors of ESPN, graduate of Ithaca, played basketball for Ithaca, and you are extensively covering uh, basketball these days at the Mothership. My, sorry, I'm a Dan Patrick fan, so I, I will slide into that every once in a while. Um, I'm kind of curious your reaction when you guys got the news today on, on the decision to scuttle the tournaments. Well, I was sitting on set next to Jordan Cornette, and we were going to be getting ready to do halftime of the uh, the noon Big 12 game and then the uh, the game that followed it. And we were thinking, boy, the NBA canceled the season or, or postponed the season last night. I can't believe that, that, uh, that we're going to go ahead and play college basketball. And sure enough, you know, we look out and we see that, you know, the, at least the ACC is warming up and getting ready to play. And I'm thinking, boy, I, I just, this doesn't feel right. I can't imagine that this is going to happen. And then we get news that, hey, the SEC and the American and the, uh, the Big Ten had canceled the tournament. And yet the ACC is still out there warming up. The, the Big East is getting ready to play. And it was like, <laughs> what is happening here? You can't have two conferences play when everyone else is canceled. And then when it finally did happen, it was... It was surreal, Dave. This is the, probably one of the two or three most surreal days of my entire career. Uh, I'll, I'll echo that. There's nothing that we've ever had similar to this, to say the least. Um, when you, I mean, obviously you guys were dealing with things kind of on the fly a little bit more than I had to. I was sitting in my studio, but I wasn't going on the air uh, for several more hours. But when you looked at how this was all playing out, and you're right, to some extent there was this, well, we're gonna, we've got to be able to do something. Uh, there's no way this is how it's going to finish, per se. But how did you guys, how did it play out from the vantage point of, did you think it would happen where it'd be delayed or canceled? Like, where was your mindset when you guys were dealing with this? My feeling was you can't keep teams in the cities where these tournaments are played for extended periods. And... I would be lying to you if I told you I knew much about this disease or uh, its impacts on people and just how widespread it is. But what I did figure was there's not going to be a solution to this in two, three, four days. And so realistically, sure, could you postpone it for two weeks? It just didn't seem to make sense on a conference tournament level. So the conversation we were having was, all right, maybe you just take only AQs this year, and that makes up your field. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, obviously, it became abundantly clear that you know that we were going to go forward and, and canceling uh, the whole thing. And and it's listen, it's disappointing, Dave. In a lot of ways, it's a uh, in a lot of ways, I'm in denial. Yeah, you know, and I I want to I don't want to trivialize any aspect of what I'm about to say, like. My role in the grand scheme of all of this is so inconsequential, it's not even close. But having said that, you know, you like all of us who cover the sport or coach the sport or play the sport or are involved in the sport, whatever the case may be, 
you know, you do this for four months, and it all is to build up to this time of year. And then it's just immediately over. It's like a feeling of denial at this mm-hmm. point. Like, no, that can't be the case. We're, we're going to play. But the reality is they made the right decision. Yeah, there were teams warming up. As you said, of course, in Division Three, we had teams who were in practices for games tomorrow halfway through their tournaments or roughly halfway through the tournaments with championships to be decided mainly next week, except for men's basketball, which was going to be moving on to Atlanta. Heck, there was at one point where I thought maybe all the championships would be played at State Farm Arena um, well, late last night, uh, though I wasn't really holding on to a lot of hope there. Um, when you look at it from, I'm going to put you in the student-athlete point of view, your time at Ithaca, uh, and you can certainly go from the D3 perspective versus a D1 here. How, how hard is this, do you think, for a finish of a season? Or, or how hard is it, the distraction it's been for exactly a week? Because a week ago tonight, we were getting our first hints that something was up here on our show. Yeah, you know, my, my, my thoughts go out to the seniors who, you know, have likely played their last game. And, of course, the hope on a lot of different levels is that, you know, people can apply for another year of eligibility. We'll see how that goes. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. And, by the way, even if it is the case, not everyone's going to come back. Right. Um, and, 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 Dave, imagine they, can you imagine what the chaos is going to be like in the transfer portal, by the way, if guys are allowed to come back for another year? Yeah. But that, that, that's a whole other story. It's, it's, it's my, my feeling is my heart goes out to the guys who, especially at the D2 and D3 level where this is the end of the road, you know, it's just especially those teams who had made it this far and were still alive and playing meaningful games and playing for a national championship. And now that that's over, boy, it's, it's, it's got to be a bitter pill to swallow. And, um, you know, I, but again, I go back to, you know, Jay Billis made a really interesting point today. You know, the assumption is that the, that every, every kid would have wanted to play. And I think that that's false. I think that there were a lot of people who were like, you know, I'm not so sure with a life and death matter here, potentially that I want to necessarily get out there and play. And, and you'd be putting kids in an awfully difficult spot. Hey, we, we're, we're, we're sanctioning these games to be played. The rest of your teammates are playing. What are you not going to play? So just all around. And then, of course, the amateur idea, you know, hey, we're not paying kids to play. But we're making a decision to play games based solely on money. It would have been a bad look. So, I, I, again, it's, it's, a, it's a bitter pill to swallow. But I think in the end they made the right call. Yeah, we had three players from WPI choose not to play last week against Yeshiva in the first round. Um, and that was kind of the beginning of all of this and the Division three level, certainly. Uh, I, I don't disagree with Jay Billis necessarily at all. I, I do wonder, though, this, a lot of this is being portrayed, and we're not doctors, and I'm not going to try and put you in a doctor's spot, portrayed, though, as something that's affecting everybody uh, in a life-or-death situation, and it's not necessarily. We haven't seen this kind of reaction to anything before. This is really unprecedented uh, in a larger scale, and, and you know, you wonder moving forward, you know, how much is this going to impact future tournaments and, and, and future um, leagues and such because now we have pulled this trigger? It's a great point. I, I, I'll go bigger than that. It's going to impact life. You know, I mean, yeah. anytime there's any sort of a, a strain of the flu, which, again, I'm not, I'm, not a, you know, I'm not a doctor. Is this being blown out of proportion? Is it, is it being underreported uh, right now and not taken seriously? And I, I don't know the answer to that. But, you know, I do know that, you know, when there are things like this in the future, it's going to be, hey, do we just clear the deck again? Do we, do we cancel Christmas and, you know, everything is put on hold? 
I know this. Look, I mean, the world is coming to a massive, is in a massive slowdown. The market is down 3,500 points on the Dow in the past two days. You know, people aren't traveling. People are quarantined. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, it's whether it's partially stirred up by the media, again, whether it's being underreported or overreported, I don't know. But I, I, I know it's a big deal, and I know that it's definitely going to have a ripple effect. I'm not in any way, shape, or form equating it to 9-11 in any other sense other than to say it's probably the only other time mm. where I can remember that the sports world and a lot of other parts of our world stood still. Yeah. No, that's a that's a great point. Uh, absolutely great point on that. Uh, that is about the only thing in my professional life or my life in general I could relate to either. Um, real quick, the spring side of this is also another element of this. Um, you know, we basically said that sports are done through at least the end of May and, and for baseball, even in Division three level into June, that things are done. There's not going to be championships. There are seniors who are just getting their programs started or other players, certainly not just seniors. This is this is even gut wrenching for them. Yeah, I mean it's it's remarkable. I mean, you know, there were a couple of days ago where someone said, "Hey, the Ivy League is canceling the Ivy League championship," and it was, "Oh boy, you know, why couldn't they have just played in an empty gym?" Mm-hmm. And well, how, how obtuse is that thinking? And then you know, fast forward a couple of days, and every professional league and every college league that I know of has, has by the way, has the MEAC officially canceled its tournament yeah. i know that like late in the day they did do it okay yeah, they did okay so yeah i mean you know virtually every league in college basketball you know so uh, it's it's um it's sad it's i feel again i feel for the seniors i feel for kids who who young men and women who have competed their whole life who have uh trained for moments like this whether it's their freshman or see you know especially the seniors who was their last go around at it it stinks but again, when you look at it through a different lens and when you say it is impacting people in a major, major way, some people, um, it's better to be safe than sorry in instances like this. And um, it's not a popular decision again, Dave, but I think it's the right decision. Hey, uh, what's ESPN going to do for programming, sir? <laughs> this this is kind of a big time of year. Even Major League Baseball has taken a couple of uh, weeks to delay things, all the pros are down. You guys are going to have to go old school here. I was going to say, get ready for a lot of Jalen and Jacoby reruns. I mean, <laughs> oh boy! I, here's what, I, I you, it's funny that you say that. I mean, my schedule for the next month, with the exception of one or two sports centers, was going to be uh, college basketball. Mm-hmm. It was going to be conference tournaments, and then the NIT tournament, or Major League Baseball rats, yeah. uh, stu- you know, studio hosting. So I know that I was called in to do the 5 p.m. Sports Center tomorrow. <laughs> and beyond that, I have no idea. <laughs> and I don't, you know, there's just so much Sports Center you can report on when there are no sports going on. That's so, true. you know, we're all going to kind of find out together because if I had any answers, I'd be telling you what they are right now. <laughs> I might message you every time I see you. Hey, Kevin, you're <laughs> on. Uh, exactly. It might be a repeat, but who knows? Uh, one thought I did have. How much did Rudy Gobert testing positive in the NBA yesterday absolutely put this all to, all to bed? Because yeah. until then, this wasn't 
affecting athletes. This wasn't affecting the games directly outside of we had Yeshiva. There was concerns. Nobody on the team had, had the virus. But how much did the Rudy Gobert, how much was that the tipping point here? It was the it was the spark. Uh, there's no question about it, in my opinion, because you're right. And by the way, it was inevitable, right? I mean, it was going to happen. He was certainly walking were, in that direction. Correct. Uh, whether it was going to be the NBA or you know, it, I, you know, there's a Gary Sanchez thing earlier in the week. Yeah. He wasn't feeling well as a coronavirus. It, it was it was bound to happen. And then and and you can't have scenes like you had last night where teams are being pulled off the court yeah. and fans are being taken out of an arena that may be infected and. You know, I mean, it was it, the optics of it were terrible. You know, the the legal ramifications were there. Uh, it, 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 you just couldn't have it. But yes, it was it was sort of the realization that this isn't only affecting ninety five year old people on a cruise ship. This is impacting everybody, mm-hmm. from those folks on down to NBA players who are otherwise in the best shape of anyone on the planet. And um, once the NBA stepped forward and said, hey, we're taking this, this seriously, again, it was. I went back to us sitting on the desk this morning and saying, what the hell is the Big East doing starting a game? Yeah. I mean, you just can't do that. You're putting people at risk. Regardless how small the risk may be, there is a legitimate risk there that we all know about. And so um, – Gobert probably was the the spark that lit this whole thing. By the way, when did the Big East finally pull the plug? Halftime. It was at halftime. Okay. John's played, played one half. <laughs> Jeez. When literally every other Power Five conference said we ain't doing it. Yeah. I mean, it was stunning. I, again, Jordan Cornette and I were sitting up there, and you know, I don't look. I don't. I wasn't privy to all the information that Dal Ackerman had, the commissioner of the Big East. But we're sitting there, we're saying. How can you do this? You, yeah. you can't do this. The parachutes were everywhere. They were still free-falling, as it were. Um, yeah. Hey, uh, before I let you go, your, your Ithaca team made it to the tournament. I know you were pretty thrilled about that. It was. Look, you know what? Um, coach Mullins, Jim Mullins, was my assistant coach when I was there in school. And now, of course, he's the head coach, and he's been there for 20-something years in that capacity. What their their top assistant is Sean Burton, who is probably the best player to ever ever wear an Ithaca uniform. So, yeah, I was thrilled to see them win the the Liberty League. I, Susan Bassett, their athletic director, is such a wonderful woman, and she's done such a great job there. And to have both the men and women win was great, and to have the men's team win and 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 uh, advance to the NCAA tournament was really neat. And and then my you know my younger brother played for his freshman year at Hobart. Oh yeah, and. So to have Hobart make the tour, Ithaca beat Hobart in the Liberty League playoffs, and then to have Hobart make the tournament, and then Hobart beats uh, St. Joseph of yeah. West Hartford, who's right by me. <laughs> and I called my brother up and I said, "Hey, Hobart just knocked Jim Calhoun out of the NCAA tournament." <laughs> so it was it was a pretty pretty wild thing. So yeah, I certainly was was happy for uh, for the Bombers and for the Statesmen. Yeah, no, it was pretty cool. And I assume all uh, noontime hoops at ESPN has been pulled. <laughs> or is not, that our highlights tonight on Sports Center? Yeah, that, right, that's the only highlight of anything we have, right? <laughs> it really, you know what? I mean, it's going to be like again. You know, tonight is still reactionary, and tomorrow even more so. But um, we don't even have Dak Prescott to kick around, right? Because the NFL is going to call things off. So it's what are we going to talk about? I guess stay tuned. Hey, Kevin, I apologize. Now it turns out I had an E in your last name and not an O when I was typing it in in a hurry, but I. Appreciate you coming on the show, nonetheless. That way ESPN can't claim it was really you. 
Um, so <laughs> exactly. maybe maybe it works out for you. Really appreciate it. Uh, last minute, I know that, uh, and I appreciate you coming on, and giving us your perspective. We always have a tradition. You probably remember on this show, we always give the final word to the guest. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? Yeah, you know, I, I don't mean to be trite in any way, but obviously, you know, tell, obviously people take you know take take caution here, do the things that everyone's telling you to do, and uh, you know, it seems like this is something that uh, we're gonna we're gonna plow right through, and we're gonna look back on and say. Hey, remember the tournament of 2020 that wasn't? Uh, but, you know, obviously everyone uh, take care of themselves. And if you feel like there's anything at all, get it checked out. Check in with your doctor. But, uh, you know, brighter days are ahead, that's for sure. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for the time. Really, uh, really appreciate it. Uh, enjoy your sports centers in the, in the coming days. And uh, we'll look forward to chatting with you and catching up some other time. Dave, always a pleasure. Thanks so thanks, much. Thanks, buddy. Kevin Connors joining us. From ESPN College Basketball, of course, anchoring their coverage, as he mentioned, and, of course, uh, also an Ithaca grad. I appreciate the time he, he gave us. That literally came together last minute, folks, and I appreciate Kevin considering coming on the show. That means a lot to me. Um, there's a lot of tweets that came out that were really great that we uh, retweeted earlier today, um, whether it's Wash uh, U's final practice and some hugs amongst the players a great moment with Mount Union and Wittenberg. Each of them cut down a net. I think I saw Brockport had cut down a net tonight uh, as as a way of expressing um, what they had done. I now just seeing pictures from Hobart coming in at CNU. Uh, pictures with the with all the pomp and circumstance that was up in the building. Um, just unfortunate to say the least, um, but at least people trying to make the most of it. Uh, by the way, I just saw a tweet from Sam Atkinson. Uh, he says, a stunning day to say the least. I feel for the seniors and teams who had their seasons end abruptly today. I thank the National Committee for their time and hard work put into the entire season. I pray that everyone stays safe and healthy during these uncertain times. I want to point out, um, we have reached out to, to NCAA. We were reaching out for quite a bit, to be honest. We tried to get several individuals, almost everybody I could in the D3 office, whether it was the, the likes of Sam Atkinson or Karen Harvey or the likes of a Dan Dutcher or somebody to come on the show, everybody was told, no, cannot come on. And by those above it, that the statement by Mark Emmert uh, from the NCA was going to hold. Um, and so that is where it is. We hope somewhere down the road things clear up. We are able to talk to some others about all of this kind of figure out how it's all come together to get to us to this point and, and how things will move forward. But it's just unfortunately not going to be tonight. Um, I at least got an, an email back appreciating the situation we were in here trying to cover it, but just making it clear that <clears throat> nobody would be available for interviews. And so uh, it's unfortunate, but we move on. Um, here's who we have coming on the show tonight. Uh, Michelle Ferencz. Uh, will join us from Whitman. They're, of course, up in Brunswick, Maine uh, at Bowdoin, and we're expected to play tomorrow. We'll talk to her. She was already booked, agreed to stay on the show. Uh, Christopher Newport coach John Krikorian will come on the show. We booked him today. Unfortunately, right before the news broke, we booked him today. Uh, he's agreed to stay on, and so he'll come on the show. We'll also hear from Sherry Herrer from Baldwin-Wallace. I talked to her earlier today. And there's an interesting moment late in the interview when the email arrives indicating the NCAA's decision. You get to hear from Coach Hare respond to that. Um, we reached out to some others. Some did not want to talk about it. This was way before. We reached out days before. Some wanted to stay under the radar. 
and some did not want to speak with us uh, about it because of the virus. Uh, it's unfortunate that people think that that's how we need to handle things, but c'est la vie. I can't do much about that. We'll hopefully hear from others down the road. We should also point out, well in advance, we, we got an inkling that, both, that at least the men's all-star game was going to be uh, canceled for this year. There's efforts to at least honor those individuals. The women have certainly done that. They had a vote for the last two. They have a full team. The men will be honoring them soon. We're working with them to see how we can make sure to honor them appropriately. We still have all region awards that will come out uh, like normal. They will come out early next week. Um, I've got plenty of time to vote now. Uh, there will also be all American awards to come out. We will have, I suspect, a handful more shows to do this season, whether we do them with video or we do them as straight audio shows to be determined. That might help us go into the off season. Unfortunately, I've got a little bit more free time than I was expecting and we'll see how we can maybe help you out in Division Three world with that. I'll be admit, I'll admit, I'm gutted uh, with this decision. We'll talk more about it. I have a feeling the guys will be able to join us later in the show to talk about this. But I'm gutted for personal reasons, but I'm gutted for the teams as well. Uh, it's unfortunate it came to this. It started a week ago. This at this point, a week ago, we already knew that Yeshiva had been locked out, uh, or reservations for their hotels had been. Um, canceled due to concerns over coronavirus uh at 11 15 that night is when johns hopkins announced that they were shutting down due to maryland cases i got a couple of people who decided to give me a little flack about my opinions about johns hopkins locking people out i think people forgot my opinion was i didn't like the excuse that was used uh if they had flat out said listen there's some yeshiva cases we're worried about that we can't say whether fans coming in are are clear or not of those individuals who have tested positive Thus, we're closing the gym. I wouldn't have liked it, but I would have understood it. Uh, I didn't like the fact that the Maryland cases were used and that other events on campus were still taking place. That was my concern with that. I didn't like that Amherst decided to do it 90 minutes before while people were arriving on campus. And this was when things weren't as severe in this country in terms of reactions to this bug. So things change. Trust me, I will tell you right now, I'm exhausted. The last few days have been fascinating. Um in terms of covering this at the Division three level. And I, I'll admit I am glad to some degree that it's over. But at the same time, I'm gutted for the players. I'm gutted for others. And we'll continue to figure out how to move forward. With that, we'll take a break. When we come back, Michelle Ferencz will join us from the great state of Maine. She's not supposed to be on vacation, but she's in vacation land. And we'll talk to her about reactions to this news. We'll also talk to her about her team this season. We will talk a bit of basketball. We will talk to her about her the success that they had, the opportunity that they had in front of them this weekend, and much more. We'll do the same with John Krikorian, and we did a lot of that with Sherry Herrer, who we'll have on from Baldwin-Wallace later. You're watching Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. We'll be back with more after this break. Michelle French joins us to give us her opinion on things. Back with more after this. has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person. Competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. 
not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. I just wanted to get good grades and to do well. But it also made me realize that I have a lot of career goals. You're there to get a full college experience, not only participate in your sport, but participate in things outside of that. And it's all about growing as a person. My coaches have helped me with figuring out who I really am. Their lives are dedicated for us to succeed. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, on this Thursday evening, the 12th of March, in what is one of the more surreal experiences of my career, um, talking about uh, a tournament that is no more and we haven't even crowned a champ. Though Andrew, our friend, suggested we should really consider handing the trophy to Hope. He's a Hope fan. They're undefeated, but I don't think that's going to be how that works out, Andrew. 16 teams on the women's side, 16 teams on the men's side still dancing and will be forever in terms of the 2020 NCAA championships, certainly a surprising turn of development in really the last 48 hours 
uh, if you think about it, um, maybe less than that, maybe 36. I think the hint that something might be going awry was Tuesday afternoon, and uh, it just picked up speed from there. And we talked to Kevin Connors from ESPN a moment ago about how you know maybe last night was the ultimate trigger. Of course, uh, for women's basketball, uh, there were games to be played at Bowdoin, Tufts, Amherst, and Hope. And in Bowdoin, Whitman had made the trip across the country. They were 26-3 and on the season. One of their losses coming three games back to George Fox, but they got in the tournament as an at-large. Up, uh, knocked off Wheaton in, um, at Wartburg in overtime 86-83 and then knocked off Wartburg 67-63. And it was going to be a big battle against Oglethorpe at Bowdoin in the round of 16 with a chance to move on. And joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, the head coach of the aforementioned um, Whitman team and coach Michelle French joins us coach first and foremost thanks for taking the time and uh I I, this has got to be one of the more surreal days uh, I assume for you maybe one of the more difficult ones Uh, hi Dave hey thanks for having me uh yeah um been a really weird day (laughs) uh we were we were actually on the court when we found out so Ah. we were um we were at practice and uh I got in um we're on Bowden's court and with about 20 or 30 minutes left in practice, uh, Kevin Loney, uh, tournament director for Bowden, came in with the phone in his hand and came over to the coaches and told us. Um, and, you know, we just tried to not say anything, let mm-hmm. the kids, you know, finish practice. And so we had a fun scrimmage and did some half-court shooting and, and <laughs> let us kind of enjoy our last little 20 or 30 minutes um, with just a great group of kids. I mean, just a great, you know, try to have some fun and, because we were, you know, going to give them some pretty bad news, you know. Yeah. So we, you know, and so we were right there um, and, uh, you know, had to tell tell them that, that you know, we weren't going to have a chance to play and, and finish the season. And, it, you know, it's hard. It's one of the, it's, it's probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to go through as a coach is just telling, you know, it, players want to play and yeah. kids want to compete. And especially for seniors who realize, you know, all the work and hard work. And, and, and I told them, I said, it's not just you guys. It's, there's a whole unfortunate, there's a whole society of you now of, of, of seniors who, and who are not going to get a chance to finish their careers the way they thought they would. And, uh, you know, and it's just unfortunate and, you know, and, um, you know, it's just, it was hard. It was really hard. And we're still, I'm, I think it's a little surreal. We're still, we're here in, you know, beautiful Brunswick, Maine, and we're not, you know, we're not even sure when we're going home yet. So yeah. it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's been really weird. Yeah, that was <laughs> my other, really hard. that was going to be my other question was, you know, where, where do things stand now for you guys in terms of when do you head back across the country? And, and it sounds like you guys still aren't 100% sure. We are not, we're not sure. We're not, um, you know, we, um, Bowden had announced that, that they were going to let some fans in. So we still have, we had a small band of fam, fans, <laughs> mostly family, you know, that were coming. Uh, some were still on their way today, you oh. know, so um, we, it's just, it's kind of a mess. Um, and so, yeah, so we, we're not even sure, you know, what, we start spring break next week. Our, our campus is going to go to online after spring break. So we're, we're just in really uncharted waters. We're not quite sure what to do. We're just trying to take it, you know, day to time, and, and we're trying to work on getting I mean, you know, for, we're not, we can't even take kids back to campus necessarily. Sure. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a mess, but, you know, we'll figure it out. And, um, we'll, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully at some point in time we'll, you know, be able to uh, 
remember how wonderful the season was and not dwell on how it ended because it was a great season. Oh, sure. We'll talk about that in just a moment. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. Obviously, you, you let the team um, continue pr- practice as if uh, they didn't know the, the news, which is uh, I was kind of curious about. Um, yeah. At the same time, you, you talk about the challenges at this point. Where I mean, did you guys have an inkling this could end up happening, or did you were you going in pes- not pessimistic, optimistic that you would be playing? You know, I think when we got on the plane um, Wednesday and started coming, we 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 assumed we'd be playing. We we really felt like you know the, the you know conference tournaments were still going, um, you know at the Division One level. Um, you know, we felt pretty positive that maybe even though we wouldn't have a crowd or have a very small crowd, we felt like we were going to play the games. So we are going to finish at least through this weekend, but I think as soon as, uh, uh, you know, the the NBA shut down, yeah. um, when that happened, you know, I had a moment's pause, like, you know, um, that just shed a whole different light on it, I think, in in terms of, you know, how how easily this seems to be spreading in, in different walks of life, and, and nobody seems to be, you know, protected. Mm-hmm. Even though, I mean, our, our athletes are young and healthy, and they're probably not the vulnerable population, but um, I, I just think there's a lot of more questions and answers on that front. But it just, I kind of had an inkling we, we would, if even if even if we did get to play Friday and Saturday, I was a little bit doubtful that we were going to get to the next week. I, I just kind of feeling that things were, it was going to start to snowball. But I didn't I mean you don't say anything. That's sure. what you, you don't do that as a coach. Right. You don't do that as a team. Yeah. You get ready for what's next, and we were getting ready for Oglethorpe, and um, that was it. So um, that was that was where our mindset was. By the way, had you thought if you guys had moved on to next week in, in Ohio, would you go all the way back home, or were you going to stay east? We, you know, we didn't have classes, so we we had thought, you know, if we could we could get two more this weekend, we would probably just stay here. You know, sure. we have been we we've we've spent. I mean, our, our mileage of travel has been ridiculous and, uh, you know, uh, getting, you know, we went, from, you know, um, you know, and part of it because we really, we went from Iowa back home to Walla Walla to, so our kids go to class for a couple of days right. and turned around and came all the way back out to Maine. So we've, we've been on, we've been traveling and been on planes more than we've been in the gym. So we, you know, we had said that, you know, we had told the girls basically since you don't have classes next week, we, we probably wouldn't come back to Walla Walla. We'd probably go straight to Ohio just because we were really tired of being yeah. on planes. And I think if you want to talk about that, you know, we all know that air travel is like one of the worst places to to get <laughs> sick. So we we're trying to we we're really trying to stay healthy to the bitter end. And so, um, you know, that's just I think any coaches, you know, the less air travel, the better. So, if, sure. um you know, the tireder you get, the the worse it seems. It just seems like teams get sick as the season goes on, oh, and yeah. we just we're trying to avoid that. So, sure. anyway, yeah. So we had we had planned to just yeah, if we if we could, you know, pull off two more, we were we we're going to just go straight to Ohio. Uh, tell me a little bit about this season because it was a, a certainly uh, one where I felt like you were flying a little under the radar, but you also ended up having a tremendous season that unfortunately ends at twenty six and three. Uh, there are losses to Mary Harden, Baylor, Pacific. Uh, and as we mentioned earlier, George Fox. But you know, just tell yeah. me a little bit about what, how this team got to where it got to. You know, this team um, we're kind of a unique, a unique split. We 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 have five amazing seniors. Um, you know, McConnell Stone, Natalie Whitesell, Lily Gustafson, and Katie uh, Stalin, uh, Maddie Burdett, and our five seniors have just really defined how we played. And and, and you know, when you have a great group of seniors, things you know come together. 
and a lot it makes your life a lot easier as a coach. But probably the biggest our biggest challenge was developing our young kids because we had seven freshmen, you know, to go along with these five seniors and not a lot in the middle. Some key kids, Cannon McCracken, and you know, that played a lot, and Kaylin um, Shamsaldine and, and Taylor Chambers. But we just we only had like four in the middle, and so it was an interesting dynamic. And um, I, you know, one of the things that you know, McConnell obviously had a great year um, until she she got she received a concussion in our semi-final game against UPS really fought it tried to tried to fight it and not admit to it you know um, <laughs> you know and tried to play Saturday and was hardly could play against George Fox which is you know was really a struggle for us you know yeah. just we just didn't have any time to prepare to without her um, and so then obviously was out for those first two games so really you know obviously heartbreaking for her because she was just dying to get back on the court this week. She got cleared on uh, Tuesday to go and, um, and, you know, and had had such an amazing season, you know, pretty much a double-double in our yeah. conference player of the year. So, yeah, so, you know, it, but it was just a really fun group to, to, uh, to, to, to coach. I mean, they've been, they worked hard. It was a great atmosphere every day, took great care of our freshmen. And, 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 in, and in doing that, really helped us develop a bench and that really came in handy <laughs> at Wheaton and Warburg. I mean, I, I don't have to say it. I mean, I had kids, our, our, our kids really stepped up, got great contributions out of, you know, Natalie Whitesell and Katie Stahl, you know, um, who aren't scores for us typically and uh, had a couple of freshmen come in and play great. Um, you know, Kaylee McCracken really stepped her game up. So it's that, I mean, that's what you work for all season is to have that kind of, experience with your team is to have all those things come together, all the hard work and, you know, the sacrifice and, you know, kind of waiting your turn to have your moment and having, having other kids step up and, and carry you. I mean, it was just so many good things going on. And that's, that's the hard part. Cause I really feel like we were just really playing our best basketball. I mean, we really had a great weekend last weekend, played um, two very good teams. We in Warburg, Holy smokes, good, great teams, great mm-hmm. coaches and played great. We just we just battled and battled and battled. And it was it was a lot of fun. I, honestly, it was just a lot of fun. You, you got some interesting results that jumped out at me. Obviously, a twenty point loss to Mary Harden Baylor on December seventh mm-hmm. uh, is probably the first one that kind of makes you go, "Whoa, what?" Mm-hmm. Now, certainly, yeah, Mary Harden Baylor's in, in the same weekend you are, so it's not like it's a bad team, but that's an odd result. Was that just exams are around the corner? You're playing back to back games, right? You know, what what were those quirks or what? Well, you know, I will say one. It was our seventh road game in a row. Yeah. We had been on two back-to-back airplane trips. Um, we had not played a home game since an exhibition in early November, and we were tired and we were beat up. We had a couple injuries. Um, Taylor Chambers, our starting point guard, was out. Had a couple other kids really hobbled um, that were trying. You know, just our, our and we hadn't had a chance to really develop the, the, the youth. It's hard to go on the road and put freshmen in those positions and you know Mary Harden Valley is a very good team and they played really well and we were kind of tired and exhausted and uh it was probably a closer game I think you know Mark probably say that too is a closer than a 20-point game but you know um you know it was you know for us it was uh it was it was really hard we that's kind of our challenge out west is we just can't get division three games unless we get on a plane and or if we travel it's just really hard and you know we tried to build a tough schedule hoping that it would pay off in the end. And I think it does eventually pay off in the end. Our kids know how to play back-to-back, and they know how to travel. Mm-hmm. They know how to play on the road. But, you know, um, you're right. When you look at that result, you kind of go, wow. You know, what happened at Whitman? And that's the only thing I say is we, we just – it was the end of a really long road swing for us. And, 
we were a little beat up, a little sick, and, uh, you know, just, yeah, we just didn't play our best basketball. And, and not taking nothing away from Mary Harvey because they played – they played exceptional. They shot the ball really well, a lot better than I'd seen them shoot the, on the on any film up to that point. So I, you know, they, you know, nothing against Mary Harvey, but they did. They shot it well, and 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 they are, you know, kudos to them. And you know, we both went on to have pretty good seasons. But um, you know, part of it too is, you know, what do you learn from it? Right. What do you learn from it? And and it was, and it definitely definitely showed us some things we needed to work on. We were a little too one-dimensional or two-dimensional offensively, and, and we we got back, we got to work, and it helped us helped us have a, a good run in, in our conference. So It was interesting. You played, yeah, you played more oh. Maine Fort Kent, which I got a kick out of, because um, now you're yeah, in Maine. Yeah. Um, so there's some... <laughs> yeah, now, no you're not that close to Fort Kent. We'll just get that out of the way now. Okay. You're as, you're as okay. far from Fort Kent as you possibly can get. Well, I guess, I guess you could be a little further south in the state. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you, you're nowhere close to Maine Fort Kent. But I got a kick out of the fact yeah. you played them. Um, Pacific tripped you up uh, as conference yeah. got started. Pacific also tried to rule the roost there for, for a little while. Conference play this year was a little bit interesting. The Northwest Conference was um, um, our, we were our, uh, kind of our own worst enemies in some respects because there was a lot of teams that beat up on each other. Yeah. Um, a lot of funny matchups. Um, you know, and I think for you know, for us, you know, the the key was, you know, rising above it and trying to, you know, we had to be we had to be flexible. We had to change some matchups. And at the time that we lost Pacific again, they they played really well. Uh, we didn't play great, and uh, you know, got down the stretch and they hit a couple big shots and we didn't. And you know, we again learned from it. The next night, went over to Fox and got a big win. So, but. You know, our conference, North Conference is always tough. Mm-hmm. This year it was really, there was a lot of seniors, a lot of great seniors in that conference. And I think it'll go back to being a little bit younger next year. Um, definitely we are, and Fox will graduate a lot. You just graduated a lot. But, um, you know, it, it was really competitive. And, and it's so funny because teams just knocked off other teams. It was matchups after matchup. And, you know, this team didn't match up with that team. You know, UPS ends up as our like third or fourth place team in our conference, and they lose at the bottom of the conference, but then the bottom of the conference can't beat anybody else, and, you know, they win a tie break because they can beat the two teams they're tied with. It was it was crazy. It was a really a weird year where there wasn't a lot of clear-cut, um, you know, we were we kind of rose above, but then, you know, Pacific and Fox were pretty much tied all year second after in the second round. So it, it, was, a cra- it was a crazy year, and, mm-hmm. you know, and it really had to focus on just keep getting better, keep getting better, you know, and... And that's what we did, and that's paid off in the end. But I'll tell you what, it gets you ready. I mean, we play Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, and we travel. And the NCAA tournament just, um, I don't know, maybe there's something to be said for our schedule because we're, we're, we seem to play well in the NCAA tournament yes. um, when we get here. You know, <laughs> um, but getting out of the conference is always always a challenge. And also building the resume. You know, we, we, we spent a lot of money traveling this year trying to build a resume, you know, which I think paid off because we got the at-large, but, you know, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Our travel's never easy. So we're just, you know, if it was kind of wall wall, give me a call. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that from you before. Yeah, um, I know. I, know. It's I, nice. I think you've invited me. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to play. I have. I have. But, uh, <laughs> um, I'm curious. You also, obviously, on the committee, if nobody knew, you're yep. the, the West chair, uh, which uh-huh. meant as an at-large team, you probably didn't spend too much time on selections. Nope. I, and you didn't do anything with bracketing necessarily, though both note the West teams 
flown elsewhere thanks to the, how the uh, Texas pod ended up coming together. But just all in all, the, the work on the committee, what were, what were your reactions to seeing the season from that vantage point? Um, you know, it was a great experience. I, I mean, I'm the newbie. Um, I, the West, you know, I am. I'm the newbie. I, I, I mean, it was a learning experience for me. And, you know, um, and there was some good work done by the people that came before me to really set, you know, part of the reason the West got flown is, you know, to avoid first round and second round matchups as much as possible. I mean, there's some things that have been, have been in place or been worked on for years. And I, I kind of came into it. Um, I, I kind of came into it in, was really just trying to learn as I went. Mm-hmm. But some, you know, I mean, having those discussions, it is such Division Three women's basketball. I think in Division Three, anything we're so spread out and we're we're so diverse yeah. in um, in our in our leagues. And so some some great conversations take place about you know which league is doing well. You know, and, and it's really a great place to just just discuss the landscape. Um, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I, I you know I, I don't know how much. I was able to add um, <laughs> time. I don't, you know, and then of course and so we're having a season where we ended up as not large. So yes, I wasn't on a lot of the final calls right, or the bracketing right. calls or whatever. But um, you know, I felt like I learned a lot, and hopefully, I can continue to learn a lot and and help maybe I don't know. I mean, help maybe advocate for the West more because um, I mean, I just think that's my role. My role is to help advocate for the West, but also educate the West on how do we how do we do sure, it better. Sure. That's that's a big part of it too, and I'm and that's I've got to figure that out. I've got to help help other coaches. You know how do, how do we, you know how how does the West continue to to compete on all these different the strength of schedule and all of these different areas where we get judged, but they may not tell the whole story. How how do we how do we make a case for ourselves? And, sure. and I think that's because I, I mean I obviously think the world. I mean I, I know what it's like. It's the Northwest Conference. There's never an easy you know, weekend, and uh, Redlands came out of the Skyak, and, mm-hmm. you know, we played them in a really tight game, really quality club. I mean, the Skyak was much, you know, there's good games down there. And, yep. you know, so, you know, and, and obviously the Iowa, I mean, Wartburg is the real deal. I mean, Loris is the real deal. I mean, we had three teams in the West region still alive in the Sweet yeah. 15, so, you know. I think, I think we've, we've, we've got to continue. That's my job. I think that's my job at the national level is continue to remind people of the quality of the West region. I think there's some great programs and, and keep pushing and, uh, but also go back and educate how do we do it better so we can make a case for ourselves. Sure. And I'm not sure of the answer yet, Dave, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. Ah, I'm no. getting there. I, I love hearing the thought process. It's, it's, it, it's yeah. fascinating from my vantage point to hear coaches speak on that level. And so I appreciate the insight. Yeah. Um, before I let you go, you guys are still in Maine. Um, yeah. I tell everybody who visits Bowdoin, you head down I-95 or U.S. Route 1, head into Freeport, get to L.L. Bean. At the very least, you got some extra time on your hands. Any plans? You know, we're going to see what our travel plans are, but we definitely were talking about um, trying to at least, you know, get out of, go to the coast, if nothing else. Get You know, here, I guess we're about 20 miles from yeah. there. We're still trying to kind of map it out and yeah. um, at least try to do that uh, and, and see a little bit of, it, it remains beautiful. I mean, mm-hmm. it reminds me a lot of, uh, you know, some of the some of the parts of Washington, you yes. know, where I've spent most of my life. and. I, it's just absolutely gorgeous area, and so um, yeah. I mean, it's it's trying to make something positive out of um, you know a very sad ending to our season and, and everybody's season. But I you know I just feel for the athletes. Yeah. I will be back. I will be back. I will get another chance to coach and and 
not about me. I just feel for, you know, class of 2020 all across, I mean, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, all the kids who are not going to get to have their seasons or finish their seasons. And um, I, I just, you know, I pray that we're doing, you know, I pray, I'm praying that this ends quickly so and we get smarter and we don't have this happen again. But, you know, um, you know, it's personal, personal and public safety has to be above sports. We've always, I think that's sure. something yeah. we can always agree on. It's just disappointing. It's and it's hard to take. So we're going to go try and, and celebrate team and family, you know, while we're here and 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 talk about what a great season we had because we did. We had a great season, and that's what you're going to remember: the relationships yeah. and and those and those moments and those great victories. And that's the in you know it just hurts right now. So you're still on the NCAA dime, so go enjoy yourself. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will call you on that day. <laughs> Go right ahead. Yeah, uh, feel, please feel free. Uh, enjoy it. <laughs> I, and thanks for the time. Thanks for the insight. Really appreciate it. Uh, I'm really sorry, obviously, how this ended, but I, I, I'm kind of cool. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled at the way you guys did it. You know, you didn't tell the team. Let them finish out on a high note and then kind of gave them, dropped, the, dropped it on them after so they could enjoy it. And, and I appreciate that from an athlete's point of view. As always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? It was a great season, top to bottom. Um, enjoyed watching games, enjoyed coaching games, and um, I'm not quite sure what to do with myself right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm really not. I, I'm really not, and I know that there's a lot of people, a lot of coaches out there that feel the same way I do, and, uh, you know, uh, it's, it, it, it stinks, but I'm, I'm so proud of my team and uh, the season they had. And, you know, I know that for some of them it's, it's the end of something, but it's also the beginning of the next phase of their lives. And I, I know that somehow this is going to be a learning experience and make them stronger. And so sure. I'm just not sure how yet, but, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I have a lot of faith in them. And so uh, to all the coaches and all the players, all the, especially the seniors out there, um, you know, we, we all feel for you. And, uh, yeah, we just – it just – it's 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 hard and we're going to get through this and uh, that's the great part about sports is athletes know how to get through tough times and they know how to rebound and we're going to do that so you ended on a win we did we ended on a <laughs> heck of a win i'm going to tell you that it was a heck of a it was a heck of a weekend uh when you go in without your best player and you know statistically and get two wins uh like i said we you know no 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 shame in that yeah. I, it was a great weekend so Thank you. Absolutely. Well, thank you for the time. Take care. We'll look forward to talking to you down the road. Yeah, yeah. Take care, Dave. Thanks. Michelle Ferentz joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline from Brunswick, Maine, even though Whitman is from Walla Walla, Washington. They'll enjoy some time out there, uh, a little bit more there in uh, the southeastern corner of Maine. I appreciate her time coming out on enjoying things. By the way, if you're a fan of the XFL, they've just canceled their regular season as well. It is a heck of a domino effect here. In 2020, to say the least, and uh, we'll uh, we'll continue to follow it. Uh, NCAA canceling everything for championships and schools at this point who may still be playing spring sports. They may still, but there's not much to play for after after conference championships if they even play conference championships. We'll take another break. When we come back, we'll head off to Virginia Beach. Well, not quite. We don't get all the way to Virginia Beach, but we will get down to Newport News. And we'll talk to Christopher Newport men's basketball coach John Krikorian, who's out with the team, going to take some time to join us. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. More Hoopsville after this.
being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. For the love of the game, that's what it's all about, they say. But for those of us who are Division III student athletes, it's more than that. It's more about team and the schools and communities we represent. And for the many of us blessed with the strength to compete in sport at the college level, we understand that with what we were given comes a special obligation. An obligation to help those who have their own special needs and whose love for the game is no less intense. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. Since August of 2011, we and others from Division III campus communities have volunteered more than a quarter million hours, time away from the classroom and practice field, reaching across the country to coach and mentor Special Olympics athletes. And to learn that in giving, we receive so much more in return. Help us keep that dream alive. Be part of it. Get involved. You can make a difference. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. I used to never really talk, ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless.
Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, on this uh, Thursday, the 12th of March. We were expecting to get ready for Sweet 16 games tomorrow and even Saturday in the men's side. And, of course, women, we're going to get down to four more teams to play for a championship next weekend. Men, we're going to get to eight with a champion eventually to be crowned in Atlanta. And in the last 48 hours, it has all come to a halt, uh, especially in the last few hours. Coming up, we'll hear from uh, Sherry Herrer, head coach at Baldwin-Wallace, I was talking with her in our interview when we got the news of the NCAA's decision. So you'll hear that reaction um, coming up. On the men's side, we reached out to a number of coaches, and uh, a couple of them weren't going to join us. So we headed down to Newport News and said, you know what? There's a captain's team down there that I bet would love to talk about his squad. Of course, we thought the games were still being played. Turns out we were wrong. But nonetheless, still going to join us, captains of Christopher Newport of course, we were in the championship weekend last year. Uh, we're trying to return to Fort Wayne and joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, the aforementioned captains, John Krikorian's team from Christopher Newport. Sir, thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me. Any chance to talk about my team, I, I, I uh, cherish. So thank you. Absolutely. That I know for a fact. Uh, let me start with this. Where were you guys when the news hit? We were all spread out. We had already practiced for the day, um, and so the guys had gone on. Many were in class. Other guys were kind of, you know, milling around doing their own thing. Um, Hobart was actually in the gym practicing uh, at the time. So, um, you know, we had to quickly get on the phone and, and let the guys know. And, honestly, they had seen it on, on ESPN before I had even been able to, to call them that the Division One championship had been complete, and they just – kind of put it together yeah two and two is easily four in those cases um any thoughts of just calling hobart and going hey let's just let's just play this now we'll do it now <laughs> yeah of course you know we 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 wanted to challenge him to a uh a a three-point shooting contest there you or go. something but <laughs> uh, it didn't work out um, you guys, again, you, you got to the championship weekend last year, and, and now you're, you're trying to make another chance at Fort Wayne. And I would say this was one of the more confusing teams I had following you guys because I could not get a read on you guys. Not that you weren't good. It's just that I couldn't figure out who I was looking at. You certainly proved yourselves with a win over Colby in the first round and an incredible win over Nichols in the second round. What was this season like from your vantage point? Uh, you know, this, this, we had a terrific team this year, Dave, and, you know, we don't worry too much about uh, publicity. We had six seniors that had come back from mm-hmm. uh, that Final Four team, uh, minus one, Luther Gibbs, who had missed the last two postseasons due to injury, right. um, who's really come on as being um, the leader of our team. And, you know, that that's one of the great you know, tragedies of this deal. Not a tragedy. It's only basketball. But, um, you know, he's missed two straight postseasons and now a third um, really for things out of his control. Um, so we feel for him right now because this is tough, but um, not as tough as people that are certainly dealing with this, this coronavirus, much bigger than, than basketball. We understand that. Um, but we felt like we had a really strong team coming back with six seniors, um, but we had a rocky start. We played a great schedule, um, and I think our numbers showed that. Uh, opening up at Johns Hopkins, we were at Randolph-Macon, at Virginia Wesleyan, UT Dallas at home, Stevens Point at home, York twice, 
um, we, Wesley, uh, we, we felt like we had put a schedule together that was going to be really tough, and we felt we could handle it be, because we had six seniors. Uh, what we didn't anticipate was Delon McHugh, for instance, off-season um, hip labrum surgery, Kutch Ellis, off-season shoulder labrum surgery, uh, Savante Chapel, uh, a terrific senior over the last three years, uh, hip major hip problems this year, couldn't play more than five minutes a game. Um, so all of a sudden we had this rash of injuries. Mm-hmm. We, we had De- Devin Parrish, a promising freshman, tears his ACL uh, out for the season. Um, we didn't anticipate any of those things. You know, Ian Anderson, our, you know, who ends up being really uh, a star of our team, our second-leading scorer, starts the year with mono. His first practice mm-hmm. was the day before the day before the Johns Hopkins game was his first practice. Um, so we, we just had a lot of adversity uh, with this group and, and in front of it, a really tough schedule. Uh, and I thought the guys handled it masterfully in terms of the way they approached it. Um, yeah, we didn't, we didn't win all those games, but we competed. We learned a lot about our team uh, and we came back from the break and the guys health started to come into place. Uh, and more importantly, their just the mentality of the group um, led by these seniors, these great seniors, and, uh, you know, Brock Guyman and Nick Parks, two others that, that were part of that, they said, hey, we're going to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're definitely going back to Fort Wayne. <laughs> and they just, they just got everybody to believe that we could do it. Um, and, and what we did from a number standpoint, our team after Christmas had better numbers than our Final Four teams. Mm-hmm. Um Offensively, certainly, uh, our, our firepower this year was as good as I've ever had here at Christopher Newport, and we we were we were terrific after the break. And York got us twice, and you know yep. that's a rival game, and you know both of those came down to a last possession. And uh, outside of that, we I think we had two games decided by less than ten points. Um, just a terrific effort by those guys, and we were clicking at the right time, and felt like we had a chance as much as anybody to really sure. uh, go all the way. Yeah, sure. Our first loss was Hopkins in that first game, as you mentioned. Then there was that weird streak in December where in two weeks' time you, you lost three games in four. As you mentioned, Stevens Point, Randolph, Macon, Virginia, Wesley, and, of course, all but Stevens Point NCAA tournament teams. And then, as you mentioned, Rand, you know York had your number, a crazy overtime, double overtime game at their place in early February, and then an incredible championship game. Um, I watched a good portion of that. Um, a little disappointed in my namesake. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> McHugh certainly had a great game. Uh, it, it was just an incredible block at the end, to say the least. Um, you, you, there was. You guys have been surrounded by distraction, for lack of a better description, for a while, because the CAC sh- ever shrinking. Um, the status of this, the status of that. Where's the future going to be? Or this. You know, in the last week, are games going to be open to the public? Are games not going to be open to the public? Are we going to allow some fans, not fans? Are we going to be playing? Are we not going to be playing? It seems like you guys might have gotten a little bit used to the distractional side of things. Yeah, you know, and that's a, when you have six seniors and juniors that have played a lot. I mean, maturity is so important in this game. Um, I, I, I didn't ever think any of that came into play, to be honest. Um, you know, we, we talk a lot about gratitude. I think our team... Uh, has always had a humble approach. Uh, I think they they take every day, every practice, every game as a gift. 
Um, and, and that's the way that these guys approach it. And so, you know, uh, I, I felt like this was no different. I mean, we went, we went to practice today at, at uh, 1 o'clock, not knowing what the future mm-hmm. was. And we had uh, a competitive, spirited practice <laughs> uh, like anyone in the middle of November would have been. And um, these guys just love to play. And um, I, I just greatly appreciate that. It's a, it's a joy to coach these guys. Uh, and these six seniors have have meant a lot to, to me in this program. Four straight NCAA tournaments, uh, three Sweet 16s, a Final Four with this group. Uh, it's incredible what they've accomplished, really. Sure. You guys are out to dinner. We should point out you're giving us time away from the team, and I really appreciate that. Uh, what's the what's the what, uh, what's the term I want to use? Uh, what's the uh, emotions like, or what's what's the attitude been at dinner? Yeah, you know, I think it was it was tough immediately, but I mean, when when last night when you when you saw the NBA, mm-hmm. um, and I thought it really got real for people last night when it's like, hey, if there's a player, yeah, on the court that has this, and nobody knows in this entire tournament if there's a player, right? And what does that mean if we play that team? Uh, that gets real real fast. And I think everybody started to understand that it was just a matter of time. And I think there was some hope that maybe we could get through Friday, you know, um, at least play this one more game. Uh, you know, we were at home, and so there was that, like, man, if we could finish this thing at home and play this one more game at home for my seniors, uh, that hope being broken today, uh, it hurt. Uh, but but these guys are their champions, and they – are so understanding and mature and have great perspective. I mean, this is so much bigger than, than, you know, a basketball game and they get that. Sure. Uh, and, and, and they're leaders and they know that sport and basketball in a lot of ways, you know, leads the way. Um, and people are going to look to them to see how they respond. And they're out here at dinner, you know, yeah, they, they wish they were playing, but they understand and they're having a great time being with each other. And, um, I think really embracing and understanding this moment in time. Uh, try to stay away from you guys and the rest of the CAC a little bit with the way the news was breaking most of the season, uh, losing you know Southern Virginia and and, and St. Mary's in a year and a half's time, um, and really the status you know being down to three teams where was the future? And of course we've reported that there looks to be some kind of future at least lined up, but. Well, how tough was that for you guys, or at least you to deal with, or, or out, maybe out on the recruiting trail to let people understand that there was still a future um, with the program and a future with Division Three, at least with, you know, playing games and being in the tournament? Yeah, I, don't take this the wrong way, Dave. No. I, think that, I think that you uh, and others that, you know, from the outside, honestly, you probably spend a whole lot more time worrying about it than I do. Um, Not sure because that's why I asked. I'm at a yeah. I'm at a world class institution, and we're able to attract some of the best and brightest from the state of Virginia. We have great leadership on our campus. We have great kids in our program, mm-hmm. and honestly, as long as I can continue to offer them a great student athlete experience and an opportunity to play on a national level, I, yeah, I don't care. I don't care what <laughs> league we're in. I don't care what the travel looks like. I don't think our kids care sure. whether we go to a game in February in California or down the street 
You know, they just want to play the best competition and have a great experience and get a great education. And I have not felt and still do not feel that any of that is in jeopardy. Sure. Um, I think we, there's so many teams that we can play uh, within mm-hmm. a couple hundred miles um, that will that will be fine for a strength of schedule standpoint. Um, and all the rest of the stuff is gravy. So I'll, I'll let the people that make those decisions make them. Um, I'll certainly have my input and stay educated, but – you know, I, I got great kids, and they want to play high-level basketball. Yeah. And I really believe we're going to continue to be able to do that regardless of, of how all this plays out. I think if you ask a lot of people, I might have been one of the rare people that wasn't worried either. Uh, certainly yeah, I raised I eyebrow. That. Yeah, but, yeah, I you know, remember I, that. Yeah, I sure. think I was the one going, oh, this might be one of the rare conferences this doesn't matter for. Um, granted, getting down to three is a little scary. <laughs> but Yeah, uh, you know, it's, got, it's, it's unique. It, it, it is. But un- unique doesn't mean bad. No, 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 uh, absolutely not. Yeah, unique can also mean opportunity if, if you know, if, if you make good decisions. Absolutely. And so uh, I'm confident we can. Um, so, you know, obviously it, it ends with a thud, but it ends with a win. And to some degree, it ends as a team certainly on, on a high, to, to, for lack of a better description. I, I assume it, it's going to be an interesting look back when the memories fade and, and, and we look back from an alumni point of view. You know, you guys will always chuckle maybe about the 2020 season, but you know, your reactions on what you guys accomplished this year from the more raw point of view. Yeah, I I think this group uh, really superseded expectations, especially with the adversity that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I knew we were capable of being really good. And you know, we we hit our, hit our bumps like every team does, and they came through it. And I will remember this team for the way they responded to that, and and just absolutely took off after uh, the new year. And, I mean, I, honestly, I felt, and our guys doing that, you know, I don't know, maybe we would have lost to Hobart. They got a really good team. Um, but we felt that that this team, of all the teams, we, we had a chance of doing it. We had a chance of doing the whole thing. Um, because this team can put points on the board like no team that we've had. And so we feel great about the position we put ourselves in. We understand we have no control over what ultimately happened. And, uh to keep smiles on our faces, you know, like the other 15 teams. I think we're going to call ourselves co-national champions. Co-co-co-co-co-co-national champions. Co-co-co-co-co, however you want to do it, co-16. <laughs> and we'll, we'll make some, we'll print some jerseys. I'll send you one, and, and we're going we're gonna to enjoy it. Uh, I don't know when he joined in, but I think there was a, uh, a Hopkins coach who's now listening to the show. You said earlier you guys would destroy him at this point in time, right? Is that what I heard? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just um, trying to stir the pot, <laughs> man. You know, but that that game and games like that made us so much better at hockey sure. game, man. Like, what a, what a great basketball game, you know. And most people weren't paying attention quite yet at that point, um, but that was a great preview, I think, of of how good these two teams were. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I I, I definitely agree with you. I, it, that it, it was an early season game, but I remember I even kind of went, "Whoa, okay." That's not what I expected in that one. So I agree with you to, to, to the larger point there. Um, I, I appreciate the time. I know the season hasn't come to an end the way everybody wants to. Uh, I assume – I'm just curious before I let you go. I should have asked this to Michelle too. How sure. do you think you lined up with Hobart? You know, how, do you, how do you think you guys – what was going to be the work 
things that worked for you? What do you think are going to be challenges? Yeah, you know, uh, Steph did a great job in year one. He had them playing at a very high level. They're a physical team, and, uh, you know, they, they remind me a lot of our some of our previous CNU teams, just really tough, grinded out in the half mm-hmm. court, good good physical interior play, and, and a couple really good guards. And, you know, but we were at home, and, and I felt like we had a lot more experience, certainly a lot more tournament experience. We had seniors. Uh, we've been scoring at a really high level. Yes. And so, uh, you know, I was curious to see. I wanted to see, hey, could we score against this really good defense? And, you know, we also felt like we had a really good defense. So, um, you know, you never know. And that's the thing about the tournament. You never know. You know, you match up and, and see. Everyone thought, you know, who's going to win the Colby seeing you match up the three-pointers versus the three-point defense. You know, yeah. until you step out there uh, on the court, you don't really know um, what it's going to be. And, um uh, you know, I, I thought Hobart had a terrific team and a great season. Steph did a great job, and we, we felt like we had as good a chance to win that game as they probably did. Sure. Well, I appreciate that. I know you want to get back to your dinner. We'll let you go on this. Uh, we always give the final word to the guest. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuned in? Yeah, no, not tonight. I, I just uh, I love my seniors, and Luther Gibbs, Cutch Ellis, Savante Chapel, Nick Parks, Brock Guyman, Delon McHugh, uh, they have made a, a lasting impact on Christopher Newport basketball, and uh, their season ended out of their control, and they've handled it uh, like the leaders they are, and I'm so proud of them, and I uh, just wanted anyone listening to the show to know that. Perfect. That is a great way to finish it. I appreciate the time. Enjoy the rest of the dinner and the, and the rest of well, however the season ends officially. Look forward to talking to you down the road, sir. Sounds good. Thanks, Dave. Absolutely. John Krikorian joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. From Christopher Newport, appreciate the time he took to do that. Um, not the way we want the season to end, certainly, but I'm glad uh, you know it's, the team's got to finish it out. Uh, I guess in a way that they got to control things, if that makes any sense. And we appreciate Coach coming on. We'll take another break when we come back. I talked to Sherry Harrer from Baldwin Wallace. Remember, we talked to her before we knew the news. We found out the news while we were talking to her. You'll hear that entire thing. Coming up, I want to thank our partners at Sensible Sports Marketing. They're proud um, to be part of our program. They're your go-to source for promotional products, graphic design, printing, and web design with solutions catered to fit the D3 budget. For a quote on your next project, go online to GetSportsSense.com or give them a call at 800-575-4765. We actually ordered some things from them thinking we'd be in Fort Wayne next week. Unfortunately, that has fallen apart, but we will have them for the future. Great to work with those guys. Really appreciate their support of our show. We'll thank our other sponsors down the road. We'll take a break. When we come back, Baldwin Wallace joins us to talk about how the season was for them. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there 
and take it. It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. It starts right when you hit the court. You imagine your finest moment. The game when he shot that gets you to the dance. A monster dunk or no look pass and cutting down the net. Sports lets us dream of our own success and prepare us for our finest moments on and off the court. I used to never really talk, ever. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go into personal training and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. As we continue on with the show, appreciate all the time that you have uh, given us this season. We'll certainly not be done with this one. We got more to cover. Um, we will be talking um, awards. I mean, we still have to find out, even though the games won't be played, we have the NABC All-Stars to officially announce. Uh, the uh, champ, uh, the vote was finalized today, right before everything got canceled, unfortunately. As Wendell uh, from, well, hold on, I want to make sure I get this right because I, I, I don't want to screw it up. Tim Wendell from Crown was voted in um, along with Doug Levy of John Jay uh, made the tournament. We congratulate them for that. Um, we will have that. We have um, All Region. We have All Americans still to, to uh, announce. Uh, so we'll still have more shows here uh, on Hoopsville. 
Um, we appreciate you coming on. But tonight, we're just kind of recapping a little bit, obviously, as we're reacting to the news here tonight. Uh, earlier today, I was talking to Baldwin-Wallace women's basketball coach Sherry Herrer about her team. And we talked about the season. We talked about their matchup with Hope. We talked about the incredible accomplishments of her career. And right near the end of the interview, we finally got the information that we had been dreaded, that the NCAA was canceling all tournaments. I decided I was going to run it as it was because, to some degree, it's still about basketball. And while they're not playing Hope, it's fun to hear a coach talk about how they think they match up and the challenges and such like that. And then we do get her reaction at the end to the news that things had been scuttled. So earlier today, I talked with number ninth ranked Baldwin Wallace women's basketball coach, Sherry Herrer. Joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, it's the head coach of Baldwin Wallace. It is Sherry Herrer. And coach, first and foremost, thanks for taking the time to join us. And uh, I, I assume you are on pins and needles. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's pretty crazy. In my 30 years of coaching, I've, we've never dealt with anything like this. So it's, crazy yeah it's it's been interesting but let's let's start with the basketball side of things because you guys have had a pretty incredible season uh to up to this point you're 28 and 2 uh 17 and 1 in the conference warper got you guys we'll talk about that in a moment and john carroll decided to ruin your day in the middle of <laughs> january but since then unblemished including a huge win over chicago last week in in all how has the season been from your perspective are you above expectations are you right where you thought you might be um a little bit of both we we knew this team could be capable but of course you don't go in thinking it's definitely happening um that's the reason we scheduled the the schedule that we did with warburg and wash U and rochester and trine and because um, we thought this group could handle it and could compete at that level well, it, it certainly showed, uh, clearly. If you go back to the beginning of the season, you even had Rochester in there. Granted, Rochester maybe not as strong as, as mm -hmm. they have been in the past. Um, but you had Marietta, who has been a strong program as well, obviously in conference, but that was at the beginning of your season. You scheduled Trine, who certainly is having a, a tremendous year, and Warburg and Wash U, and you definitely went out there with a purpose. Was that a little different than in the past? Yeah, it was stepped up. We we normally try to have a pretty tough schedule, even though our league is always brutal anyway. <laughs> um, but we stepped it up even more this year just because we thought with the, the seniors that we had that, mm. that we did have a chance to have a pretty special group. Sure. Yeah, no, no that makes sense. And I, and I can I get that from some coaches certainly along the way. Um, let's talk about that Warburg game, 79-48 back on December 29th. Granted, your first game back after the holidays, you guys have been off 11 games since you had played Trine in 158-46. Is that an evidence because you guys had had a little bit of time there to maybe get out of sorts, or was Warburg just that good at that time? I think it was a combination of both. We certainly didn't play well. Warburg played. They were outstanding. Um, yeah, the, the combination of the – to the longer break and then the, the nine and a half hours, 10 hours on the bus and, yeah. and the, the, the whole thing. And, and the first team on the national level, all they try and try. Yeah. I, I don't know what really happened. It just got away from us. And, uh, but we learned from it. We got better. Well, you certainly did next night going out against Wash U, winning 72 60 again, a different Wash U team than we're used to, but you still mm -hmm. mentally going into that game, you got to be figuring everyone knows Wash U. And so you at least recovered nicely the next night. Exactly, and I was proud of our kids for doing that because that, that could have gone south real quickly. <laughs> uh, then we have that John Carroll game where you guys uh, stumbled a little bit in uh, January, 
59-53. Is this just also an example of a conference that knows you well, and as you said earlier, it's always going to kind of test you? Yeah, that we had a 10-point lead going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. We shot for the game 2 of 20 from 3 and 60% Oof. from the free throw line. So we had a horrible day, and we were <laughs> still right there. Um, but, again, we grew from that, and uh, our, our kids responded in a great way. We came out the next game, guns blazing, and, and the kids have pretty, been pretty much in that mode ever since. Yeah, well, it's certainly amazing. You've been undefeated since. You got back at John Carroll, went at home by three. 80 to 77, and then beat them in the tournament, conference tournament, 80 to 63. A little off topic. Were you surprised that the OAC didn't get another get another bid in this in this tournament, leaving one of two of those sitting kind of at the table at home? Yeah, we were really disappointed, especially after our Haverford game. And no no disrespect to Haverford, but that was a two two bid league, and um, we we jumped on Haverford and. It was a little easier game than either of our Ohio Northern or John Carroll games. Well, it's interesting. Um, we ran the video of you guys reacting to getting in, and obviously Brendan Gulick giving you a little bit of love. Um, mm-hmm. We should mention Brendan's got a little bit of a connection to Baldwin Wallace, so he certainly yeah. knows you guys well. Um, and, and you made a comment about Haverford and what you expected, having not really known them yet. And then I remember saying on air, I said, I think that game might be tough because Bobby Morgan's defense, I had seen it this year. It's no slouch. You guys just ran through it. What did you take advantage of in that game, and, and what did you see that worked so well for you? Well, we, you know, our game, we, we run a motion-based offense, and, and when our kids are in attack mode um, and we're playing off of two feet and finding the, the open person and we're, and we're knocking down shots, obviously you have to do that no matter sure. what you're doing on offense. <laughs> but um, we, we have some experienced guards who can, can put, put it on the floor and attack the first line of defense. And once we draw the second line, when we make the right read, um, we're, we're pretty tough. Then you played Chicago in the last game. They got out to an eight-point lead at the end of the first quarter. You cut it to four at halftime, and going into the fourth quarter, it was the same spread, and you guys beat them by two ultimately. And you said knocking down shots – you actually held them three of twelve from outside the the arc, and they were seven of twelve from the free throw line. You weren't much better at six of twenty five, but you got it done um, mm-hmm. where you needed to at the right timing, essentially. Yeah, and our kids, we we've been um, emphasizing our defense all year long, and said you know on those nights when the shots aren't falling, our defense will carry us, and that proved to be true. Let's talk about this unit a little bit. You talked about the seniors. You certainly have a number of them on this team five of them to be exact um i know that kind of the they're the bread and butter of this team per se especially when you look at the stat sheets but where i mean because two of them are leading the team in scoring and, and mm-hmm. four of the five are in the top five um but mm-hmm. what what else is about we'll talk about them individually in a moment but what else about this team is is working so well they really do care about each other and they, they truly don't care who's doing the scoring they, they really don't care as long as we're getting wins that's all they care about, and uh, I'm just really proud of how they've all, like from 1 to 18, um, it's always been about the team. You're certainly playing a lot of players, too, we should point out. Jeez, mm-hmm. um, the vast majority of this team's played at least in half the games this season. Is that a product because so many of the games haven't been close or that you're willing to go deep? We, we generally play deep. But to play defense as hard as we want to play defense, um, we, we go deeper so we can keep fresh bodies on on good players and and do all we can to make life miserable for our (laughs) opponents. 
Um, sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. But, uh, yeah, we generally do play deep just because of, of how hard we want to play on defense. You're averaging 71.5 points per game, only allowing 55. And what I, jumps out at me, though, of that 71.5, you only have two players in double figures. Riley mm-hmm. Schill, a senior at 11.7, and Hannah Freck, a senior at 10.4. There's three players at eight, eight points. I, I guess maybe I'm used to 70-point teams having a few more double-digit leaders. It, it kind of shows you got a lot of weapons. Yeah, and we don't even know. Like Our shot distribution comes based on what the defense is giving us, not based on we need to get X number of shots for any given player. So um, we don't know heading into it who our leading scorer is going to be that night. It, <laughs> it could be one of any of those kids. Like All those kids averaging eight could be our leading scorer as well. And uh, I think that's what makes us a little more difficult to stop because you can't key on one or two players. And nobody's dominating on the boards either. Your leading uh, leader in that category is Lily Edwards as a sophomore. She's averaging uh, five rebounds a game. You don't have anybody dominating there. Makes me think everybody's crashing the boards too. Yeah, yeah. We try to do everything we do as a team. Yeah. Well, it's working uh, clearly. <laughs> uh, but tell yeah. me about this senior class a little bit. We mentioned Shill. In fact, there's also Marshall and Hughes and. Um, and, and others, uh, Tiffany Bentler, certainly one who's played quite a few games, just doesn't get as much in the box score necessarily. Tell me a little bit about that, that group. The, those kids have led us so well. And, um, you know, they, they struggled a little bit in our last game. And thankfully, some of our younger kids stepped up in that one. I think they were feeling a little pressure being seniors. And the last time they'd be playing in our gym and, um, but all year long, uh, they, they've really led us. They, they put the extra time in. They're the best in the weight room. They, they just really get after it, and our kids have followed them. You have a, let's call it a behemoth of a game next uh, against Hope you, as the number mm-hmm. one team in the country, uh, thanks to Tufts losing right before the tournament. Of course, they're undefeated. I, would, I, I think it'd be remiss to say that you guys don't know Hope. You guys certainly know Hope, whether you've played them a lot or not, being in your region. I know you know Brian Morehouse pretty well. Well, yep. What are you expecting from this? We'll get to the, to the sideshow, as it were. Um, but in general, X's and O's on the court. What are you expecting from this one? Yeah, it's not the first time that, that we've gone against Hope. Um, <laughs> you know, they're going to play great defense. They're going to put all kinds of pressure um, on your perimeters and, and their posts are really agile and, and get a lot of deflections and steals if you try to enter it to the post. Um, so, you know, we're going to have to obviously take care of the basketball and make good decisions. And then on the, and as far as our defense is concerned, you know, we're just trying to, to slow down their best people. They're similar to us. They, yeah. Nobody is averaging a ton there either. So it's going to be two very similar teams actually going at it <laughs> and, uh, yeah, um, we're hoping our seniors can uh, make senior type of plays. Well, I was going to say, you guys are very similar. They're, they're younger, I, yeah. I think, would be yeah. the biggest difference. But, you know, they're a defensive team that's certainly going to let its offense work when it needs to. But if they're going to start on the defensive end. You guys are doing the same darn thing. You just happen to have a few more seniors. In, yep. in... And they're bigger. They, they, okay. they have more length. Yeah, they're, they're, their posts are way bigger than our posts. Our posts are like. Five ten, six foot. There's the six three, six two, six one. Right. So there is a difference there. Yeah, I was going to say in games like this where two teams are so similar in nature. Granted, not in everything, but in in the basics. Where where is the the breaking point, or where is going to be the deciding point in this game? I think I think there's two major factors. One, the mindset 
of each team and how, how that plays out throughout the game, you know, momentum swings and those kind of things. And obviously officiating plays a big part mm-hmm. of that too. Are they calling it tight? Are they not calling it tight? You know, like, mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that obviously can, can sway things too. If it's a really closely called game versus one where they allow people to be physical. Sure. Uh, one interesting factor is you will not have a jam packed home court for, for <laughs> hope. Uh, there'll be limited fans obviously with this, with this COVID-19 coronavirus thing. Do you think that's, that's something that'll play into your hands or is it irrelevant once the ball's tipped? I think once the ball's tipped, you don't notice much of that. I think uh, I know our parents will be loud, and I'm sure their <laughs> parents will still be loud. Uh, it won't be the kind of loud they're probably used to. It might take a little adjustment, at least pregame, for them to get used to that. But I think once that ball is tipped, I know at our place, at any place we go, I mean, I might feel the noise more than actually hear the noise, mm. but you're so focused on what's happening on the court, you really don't hear all that stuff. Interesting. Uh, I, I agree from my college days of playing. I couldn't tell you a thing about the crowds of any of the games yep. I played in. Not that we had huge crowds either, so I don't know. And it's outdoors. I don't know if it compares, but I, I know what you're saying. Um, the distraction of this thing in general. You know, last week, um, one gym decides to close down at the last minute. Nobody else does. This week, it's it's every hour of every day there's a different change. As you and I are talking, games are still on. How much has that been a, a problem? How much do you try and insulate and, and not focus, not even focus on it, but not even not even pay attention? Oh, we've, we've tried both so far. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a really fluid situation, obviously. But one, one of our, two of our kids, Riley and Reagan Schill, their dad is a, an assistant coach for Elyria Catholic High School in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just, Ohio just canceled their state final four mm-hmm. um, and postponed and so obviously they were going to find out about it and we kind of I, I told them hey this is happening to stay focused and then you know a little rumblings because then our conference canceled all our spring sports now yes. and so they have friends and they're like oh, you know what's going you so just chaos so we just we just are telling them the truth like as of right now we're still on we're planning to play if anything changes we'll let you know but let's stay focused on on playing do you have a preference do you, do, with everything in mind, knowing what, what is, you know, uh, not at stake. It's a horrible way of saying it, but understanding what the reactions are versus facts and all. Do you have a preference of whether this week continues or we get this tournament done with in general? No, we're just going to flow with everything's been so crazy the last two days. Yeah. We, you know, like anytime. Yeah. It's, I think it's just better just to, to roll with it right now and and i really don't my my biggest concern is our kids and one their health and safety and and two you know that that our seniors that that they go out somehow in a positive way Mm. and however that may be yeah i agree with that last part especially uh good point i feel for the spring sports especially oh my gosh Um, yeah seniors not really getting a chance to have their final seasons uh man that could get me down a whole nother road um let's talk about you before i let you go uh, some big milestones. One, you're in your 15th NCAA tournament appearance with this. That's pretty impressive for any coach of any tenure. But you also won your 600th win this year. We're well past number 600 at this point in time. Uh, talking with you, what is what is this season meant to you? What is the career meant to you? With considering the accomplishments you've had this year and in your career, this group has actually tied our our school record for wins, which wow. is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, 
this year has been just these, these kids have just responded so well. They've been fun to coach. We haven't had to deal with any drama. Like it's really been a fun year, but you know, over, over the, the 30 years and it's taken 30 years to get there. So it's not, yeah, it's not like some overnight thing, but I've just been blessed to get to coach a lot of great kids and, and throughout the year, whether it be this team's success or the 600 hearing from so many of our graduates and so many of them coming to our games. And it's just been really cool to have uh, so many people who've been part of it continue to be part of it. You've had a lot of two win loss or two loss seasons, I should say. Um, anything stand out about, about this group versus those others? I'd say the schedule. If you would have told me before the season started that we'd be 28 and two right now, I'd be like, "You're crazy with the schedule that we had, <laughs> that we have put out there for them," um, and with knowing how good our league is as well. And um, yeah, like I'm, I'm just no matter how this ends, I'm really proud of this group and what they've been able to accomplish. Well, uh, I appreciate the time. Um... I unfortunately, as we're talking, literally got an email from the NCAA saying they may have canceled these championships. We will have known this while we're running uh, the okay. show before interviewing you. But in case they've canceled it, your thoughts? Um, yeah, I'm going to be proud of these kids no matter what. Um, it, it, the one kind of cool thing, I told the kids before the season started, before the tournament started, that at this point only one team ends happy out of 64. If they cancel it, 16 teams can at least go out on a win without, I mean, there's still going to be tears, but I think they're a different kind of tier. And, uh, you know, it's kind of nice being on the road because we got a whole bus ride home that we can celebrate with each other. Sure. Coach, really appreciate the time. As always, to give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? Uh, Dave, just appreciate all you do for, for our game, for D3 and, um, I think women's basketball in general is getting more attention, and you've been a big part of that for us in D3, and I would really want to say we appreciate it. Well, thanks, Coach. Really appreciate it as well. Thanks for the time. Uh, obviously, as we're pre-recording this, we don't fully understand the information we've gotten, but if it is the end of the season, congratulations. If it is not the end, good luck this week, and we'll look forward to talking to you. Thanks so much, Dave. Absolutely. She's Sherry Hara, head coach of Baldwin-Wallace here on the Blue Frame Technology, Te- Technology Hoops of Hotline. So as you can see, right at the end, we got the information. It literally came into my email as Coach was finishing up that comment, and I'm hesitating, wondering if I even want to bring it up. Um, we, had, we had talked about the what if in the pre, in, before we started taping that. But I thank Sherry uh, for coming on talking about her team. I thought you might get a kick out of hearing her talking as if the game was going to happen up until the end. You heard her reaction just there at the end uh, as she uh, – well, I'm disappointed, and I, and I can't blame her. Um, so here's the deal. We've technically got 15 minutes left in the show. I'm going to take another break. Um, we've had a couple different directions on where to go here. I'm out of energy, to be honest. The last few days have been insane, um, and I am so done energy-wise. I actually decided earlier today that I wasn't going to go to a site to see a game because I needed to rest up in case Fort Wayne was taking place next week. Um with Atlanta on the future. So we're not going to go very long tonight. We had a, two different choices. One was to talk about spring sports and being canceled and all of that. I'm going to save that. I want to, I want to do some, some homework and get that done. I know there's probably a friend of ours watching the show, getting that news. I'll text him here shortly. Um, 
but I know there's a co- there's another guest we may jump on to. So give us a moment. We're going to take a break, see if we can maybe do something for one last guest before we sign off for tonight. A, a reminder, we'll be back on the air with future shows, whether it's Sunday or maybe we push it to Monday or whatever. We will work behind the scenes to figure out what the best way to do everything is moving forward because there there are still all regions and all American announcements. There are still the all-star game on the men's side that that is to be announced uh, there's other things that we want to do. So we'll have future shows. We are not wrapped up. There are going to be other people we want to talk to about how this season came to a close. This is not our final show. Uh, we're just probably going to drop this one tonight uh, a little shorter than we normally do, mainly because I even talked to the guys, and I don't think a lot of them have the energy to, to come on tonight, and I can't blame them. To be honest, I was that close to canceling tonight too, but journalistically, that's not the right thing to do. So that's why we're on the air. We'll take a break. We'll see what we can do for the final block. You're watching Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. More Hoopsville when we come back. has given me the flexibility to pursue my passions and my interests and I've recreated my identity for myself aside from just being an athlete. My greatest personal discovery has been that I am capable of doing things that I didn't know I was capable of doing. To be able to study what I wanted to and continue to play the sport I love, all of those things came together very nicely in one package in Division 3. Cheer for the stumbles. That he should have had that. And the tears that linger. For in those moments, greatness lies. There, you will find the provoked, the determined, the unified. It's in those moments that champions are born. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. It's on us. It's on all of us and it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault.
I coined my definition of success in 1934. My definition of success is peace of mind attained only through self-satisfaction and knowing you made the effort to do the best of which you're capable. It's like reputation and character. Reputation is what others perceive you to be. Character is what you are. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. <clears throat> Hope you're enjoying the show. If you've got any questions for us, we're going to be on for another 10 or so minutes here. Tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can email us, hoopsville at D3sports.com. You can also join us on Facebook and YouTube where we're simulcasting the show. Facebook.com slash Hoopsville or YouTube.com slash D3Hoopsville. Uh, again, we're, we're simulcasting the show there. I haven't mentioned those on all today. I haven't even mentioned our donation drive. Got a, a, a small donation right before we hit the air. Really appreciate the person who did that. Um, we are going to keep the donation thing going much longer, probably through the rest of the weekend. Um, the money now not going to be used to go to Atlanta, obviously, but we will uh, probably have to use it to pay the bills most certainly as uh, business is, is not picked up now. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, by the way, great idea here. Uh, maybe, a, maybe next year we take the sweet 16 from the men's tournament, um, and we uh, head to a, a favorite place outside Chicago. Back-to-back uh, -back weekends, maybe. We'll play the Hoopsville Cup. How's that sound? Um, <laughs> I kind of like it. Uh, I, won't, I won't name where anything more than that, but I, I like the idea. All right, hey, a quick surprise guest uh, texted me in the middle of the show and um, couldn't resist the urge. They're the number one team in the country, after all, right? Joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, the head coach of the women's basketball coach, uh, women's basketball program of Hope College. It is Brian Morehouse. Uh, Brian, I, I appreciate you taking the time, sir, first and foremost, to even reach out. Um, surreal day, to say the least. I'm sure it was even more surreal on your campus. Well, it's been an interesting, you know, 48 hours, which, you know, the last eight have, uh, it's, it's been so quick. I mean, you, you go from the NBA canceling and then, you know, you just, Everything just sort of came at you like a, an avalanche starting at about noon today. But, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to go on record and say the NCAA did the right thing. And it's disappointing. It's frustrating. But we, we have to look at this from a global perspective and not a microscopic perspective. And um, my players and, and, and I, we wanted to play as bad as anybody out there. Um, but I think that we also have to have an understanding of, you know, where we are as in America and what lays ahead. And uh, it's it's certainly bigger than uh, sport. Yeah, that's certainly true. And, and as we discussed with Kevin Connors earlier, it almost felt like uh, the tipping point was finally last night when it was revealed that there was a player in the NBA who had tested positive. Now it wasn't just how others could be getting it. It's those who are on the other side of the view or next to you or whatever it is on the floor have it and, and that changes the dynamic a bit as i you know as i spoke with um 
you know, Brad and Sherry and, and Justin at our site, um, there, there were a lot of those sentiments that were, that were shared. I mean, there was, you know, disbelief that it could possibly happen. Uh, but then there was also an understanding of, uh, you know, we are talking about the health of not just our student athletes, but if one of our student athletes was infected and they took that back um, to a parent or a grandparent uh, and, you know, our student athletes are going to be fine if they get sick. Right. Our grandparents are not. And I think there's this bigger responsibility that uh, was shared with me by the other coaches at the site that I thought was uh, incredibly uh, mature and wise in a moment uh, or in moments of uh, seeing something that you've worked hard for for years. I mean, people say, oh, you know, since October, <laughs> they obviously weren't with us on the recruiting trail. I mean, this is these programs have been years in the making, mm-hmm. and now you've got the ultimate right there in front of you, and uh, you don't want to see it go away, but got to have a bigger perspective. Well, I think they all also didn't want to lose to you, Brian, um, and end their season <laughs> on losses. I can't. Uh, I, I feel like we got to have some levity um, yeah. to this to some degree. Um, I, I'm curious. It, it fascinating in, uh, insight on what coaches are saying. What about players? What what was your team's reaction, or what did you hear today from players? I mean, we've heard a little bit throughout, but I'm just yeah, curious from there Hope, was, Michigan. Um, yeah, there was. I mean, there was anger, uh, certainly uh, anger, frustration. Um, you know, frustration with the NCAA. Frustration with you know just how how could this possibly impact something that they worked their whole lives for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there was a lot of that. I, what we tried to, what I tried to do is, as mad and frustrated as I was, and how badly I wanted to play, I also tried to paint it into a light. As I just mentioned, that you know, um, if you if you get this, and it's obviously transmittable. You know, let's say a, a player from the other team has been infected some way, shape, or form, and you take this back to your grandmother, and she gets sick. I mean, you'll never forgive yourself. And yeah. I, I think that. They operate in such um, small spheres that you have to open up their eyes to the bigger picture. Sure. Makes some sense. Um, give us, a, uh, I guess, a sense also on, on how today unfolded. Because, by the way, we should also point out there was a scare on campus and may not be the last, but there was a student on your on the Hope campus that was thought to be maybe infected with this. Turns out that's a negative test, so that's all good news the the Michigan governor had a lot of steps involved with this, so a lot of this was out of your hands. But can you give us a sense of how today unfolded? Most of it was out of our hands. I, I would say all of it, but there were <laughs> there were things that we had you know in place as far as our athletic directors have been working very hard um, in the previous ten days to just kind of paint a picture of that we could host with parents only in the stands and and make that an experience for. The student athletes—they've sure. been working on that for ten to twelve days, which is really incredible foresight on their part. But uh, you know, I, I, as it as it started to unfold yesterday and and pick up speed, you know, I woke up this morning, you know, one hundred percent believing we were playing Baltimore on, on Friday night at seven o'clock, and then uh, I was on a conference call with uh, Division Three All Star Game mm-hmm. uh, at noon, and I started to you know we're, we made some decisions on that call to cancel the All Star Game and. And I got off that call, and I looked at my assistant coach, and I said, this is not good. I said, we're trending in the wrong way. And 
Um, and then she's a pretty positive and upbeat person. She said, yeah, but you know, all the teams are here. Uh, and I said, yeah, let's keep hoping that. And even our athletic director is like, everybody's on site every, at all, all the D3 sites. This is going to go through today and tomorrow uh, and this weekend because everybody's in place. And then Duke dropped. And then the Big Ten tournament dropped. And then um, the NCAA, start, you start to hear rumblings about that. And, you know, I would say that about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, I just started to line some stuff up in my head that I've got to be really, really good at our 545 practice today. Uh, and the only way that I'm going to do that is start to get myself over the hump, um, you know, mentally. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, there might not be a 545 practice. So kind of went back and forth at 421. Um, you know, my my athletic director just walked into my office, and I knew, I knew right when he walked in with the look on his face that it was over. And I mean, I, I'm not afraid to admit, you know, as a 51 year old person, I like I started to cry right on the spot because sure. I felt so bad for the 18 kids in our locker room. I, I mean, I've I've been there. I've been to Final Fours. I, I've done those things. Mm-hmm. I want desperately to go back again, but I want that experience for my players Absolutely. and I knew that I was going to have to break that to them that they weren't going to have an opportunity to do that did you get a chance to do that or had the news already broken we, did. we, we nope we met in the locker room um it was it was the toughest locker room I've had in 24 years you know I've, I've had every end of the emotions sure. winning a national championship and losing early on in the NCAA tournament and I just said you know, ladies, I, I don't have a script for this one. I, I said, I've got them for the other scenarios. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. And, I mean, it was an incredibly emotional, um, you know, locker room. It was like nothing I've ever experienced in sport. And you were telling me there was also a team on the floor at the time when the yeah, announcement came out. Uh, Dustin's team, uh, Loris, was on the court uh, when news came down and, um, we were very fortunate to have Chris Huffman from DePaul as our site rep, and she has tons of experience and wisdom and um, understands team dynamics and everything. And, uh, you know, I, I think she handled it as well as you possibly could in that moment. And uh, obviously some really raw emotions uh, right out there on 50-foot by 94-foot area uh, to be told that, that your season's done as you're bouncing a basketball. Yeah, no, I can't imagine. Um yeah, even I think about all these seniors for spring sports and just getting off the ground and, and being able to play, having their seasons essentially ended today. And even if they weren't officially ended, they're they essentially ended. Uh, and I can only imagine what the emotions were across the board. Um, obviously, this is where it ends. So we have 16 teams that, that, that had a chance still at that national championship. We learn anything from this moving forward. Is this one of these things that it's a one-off? We hope we never have to do this again, or do we make changes moving forward to to be able to adjust to these things? Uh, that's a great question, Dave. I, I think I I would say the system is not broken. Uh, I, I I think that this is an incredibly unique experience. Um, I, I honestly think that. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people have handled it incredibly well uh, as far as understanding, you know, the situation in Italy, the situation in Europe and other countries and how, you know, if we continue on uh, unimpeded, 
the bell curve is going to be really, really a bad situation as far as like when it's going to spike and how it's going to spike. And I think the whole goal right now is to flatten out that bell curve so that the effect on, you know, America is as little as possible. And I don't think that that has much to do with sport. I don't know that we could put in safeguards moving forward to take into account for this. If, if people have ideas, I would be, you know, as a, as a member of the board on the Women's Basketball yeah. Coaches Association, I would love to know, you know, some ideas that might be thinking outside of the box. But um, I, I just think it's hard uh, to, to plan ahead for something like this when – it's so unusual. I mean, I, I like everybody to back up their calendars, right? So, yeah. so back yourself up to back yourself up to January twentieth. Back yourself up to February first. Back yourself up to January fifth or February fifteenth. I mean, if we could have done anything, if we would have had the foresight to see this coming, I think that smart people would have done it. But yeah, I, I don't think we any of us anticipated sort of this this tidal wave of what has happened over the course of the last two weeks. Well, in the last 24 to 48 hours alone, but in, in the last week especially, but yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I, you're on the WBCA board. You bring up a good point. I know Dixie was working her tail off at Capital University for the for the championship weekend. I was talking to her yesterday, and <laughs> if that coronavirus had come anywhere near her, she would have killed it um, to make sure that this weekend went forward. Uh, we obviously got a quote from her earlier talking about how you know her, her thoughts are with it, you know, the programs and such, but you know, I feel gutted for, for people like Dixie who've put their heart and soul into things and, and you guys this all star game was getting its second chance and unfortunately it all kind of comes crumbling to an end here. Yeah, I, I give great credit to the folks at Capitol and, and especially Dixie. I mean this has been not just one year. I mean mm. uh, and Capitol have been multiple years in their planning, uh in, in their in gaining wisdom from going out to other sites and uh just pulling it all together. I think it would have been the greatest Final Four ever um, as far as like the planning and the experiences just because how we've tried to grow it every single yeah. year with the D3 level. And I, I do believe going to a number of them in a row now, it's like everybody's trying to top the person ahead of them, not to say, hey, we did it the best of anyone, mm-hmm. but to say we want to give these athletes even a better experience than they had last year. And I think um, Dixie and Capital were on their way to doing that with uh, everything that I had talked to her about in terms of the D3 All-Star game and also the Final Four experience overall. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Um, that's a great point. Um, I, I, and I think Salem would have tried to outdo them the next year, and, yeah. Yeah. And, and then who knows where the next four years we're going. If it's Capital and Salem rotating, Brian, I think we'd, we'd be in for a, an incredible back and forth <laughs> for a while. Oh, it'd be, it'd be fun. Yeah, they they are fantastic. So, yeah, it's a it's a tough day for Division three athletics. It's a tough day for athletics overall yeah. in in the United States. And uh, I I I it's hard because yeah. they athletics at the D three level are different than Division two and Division one. And uh, I I know that everyone wants to lump them all in together, but the Division three athletes um, make some pretty big choices financially and some pretty big uh, decisions as far as what their experience wants to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we, we play for the game and we, we play for the enjoyment of the game, um, not because of what it's going to financially give back to us. And you want those 
young men and women to have the the that competitive experience that they desire within the context of the academics that they also desire and uh, it's just gut-wrenching to watch that taken out of their hands but i think uh, also at the division three level i would like to think that we have really good perspective and with really good perspective comes an understanding of it is always it has always been bigger than sport and that's one of the reasons these young people go to the hope colleges and the baldwin wallaces and the oshkoshes and the lorises and if we keep that in mind, we can better understand the decisions that were made today and maybe not like them, but perhaps view them with a little broader perspective moving forward. Sure. Well, Brian, I appreciate your time. Appreciate the perspective. Appreciate the, uh, the insight on what happened today uh, from your vantage point at Hope. Really appreciate you agreeing to come on. As always, I give the coach the final word. Final thoughts for those tuned in? Um, incredible Division Three women's basketball year. Yeah. If, if you look at the parity, that w- I mean, if you look at how many teams truly had opportunities to win it this year, um, our game is really, really in a good place. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited that we were one of the 16 teams that was left standing. But uh, it was a whale of a Division Three basketball year on the women's side, and I think it's uh, it's going to continue to move forward in a really, really cool and uh, awesome way in the next few years. Completely agree with you. Absolutely. It was a fascinating year on the women's side, and uh, unfortunately it ended this way, but, uh, well, 16 teams can say they won their last game. So uh, there's always a silver lining somewhere, as they say. Uh, Brian, thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. Look forward to chatting with you down the road. Take care of yourself, and we'll look forward to uh, next season for sure. Okay, be well. Absolutely, you too. Brian Morehouse joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Of course, Blue Frame Technology, uh, a proud sponsor of Hoopsville, uh, not only providing us the uh, hotline, but also our streaming platform. If you have an interest in a new streaming partner or you're looking for New software for many of you out there, sports information directors, may have some extra time to look into this now that the seasons, unfortunately, have come to a close, including the spring. Uh, their production truck software is certainly worth looking into. Check them out at blueframetech.com. That's blueframetech.com. Um, you can, by the way, tell them I sent you. Uh, they'll appreciate that. I'll appreciate that as well. I want to thank them for their support. Um, a couple of notes. Um Again, we have all region to be announced probably early, some early to midweek. I can't remember when our timing usually was on that. I think it was Tuesday. Um, We'll have maybe a top 25s are out next week. I don't know for sure. I don't want to speak for Pat and Gordon on those, but maybe. Um, Our final top 25s will come out. We'll also have All-America announced at some point. Maybe we'll do something special with those like we did six years ago. The NABC All-Star team was to be announced um, either over the weekend or early next week. We'll find out when that's happening. Maybe we can do something special with that. Not sure if we'll be back on the air Sunday or Monday. Not sure how we'll do it, but we'll put a couple of shows together here in the next uh, week to 10 days for sure um, as we have a bunch of those announcements. And we'll continue to talk to some of the coaches and maybe some of the players out there as their seasons came to a close. I think there's still some fascinating stories. 
Uh, I didn't tackle it tonight, but I think there's also worth tackling the fact that the spring sports are all come to a close. For me, (laughs) I usually shift into lacrosse gear at this point. I was calling a game yesterday uh, in lacrosse world when a lot of this stuff started, you know, unraveling, as it were. Um, Those seasons have come to a close. So not only did wrestling and swimming and diving and basketballs all come to a close today, but really for, for the grand scheme of things, baseball, softball, rowing, um, beach volleyball, um, hold on, I'm forgetting one here. And by the way, rowing, I do mean crew, um, bowling was the one I was trying to get at, uh, men's and women's lacrosse and some other sports coming to a close as well. So there, there's there, this was a big announcement today by the NCAA. Don't, don't, this isn't just about March madness. This wasn't just about the division three basketball tournaments coming to a close. This was about all the championships coming to a close from here to the end of the academic year. We're done. Um, and that's surreal. To, and I don't think it's going to fully sink in for a few days. Um, so anyway, we'll have some more shows as we dive into some of those topics. We might be a basketball show, but some of you might remember I used to do a show for one year called the YD3 show. We may branch into some of the other topics uh, while we're talking about um, basketball at the same time. And of course, we'll look ahead to next year, too. And maybe this will allow us also to get our podcast that we desperately tried last year to get off the ground on a monthly basis in the offseason. Maybe we can finally proceed with that as well. Excuse me. Um, real quick, I want to double check. I don't have any questions that were fired at us because I knew some of you were in there. Uh, my Aunt BJ, what a day for D3 and sports. Congrats for your covering everything so well. Well, thank you. Um, Mark was excited. You mentioned this at the beginning of the show. I'm going to get to it now. So we were excited to be able to take family at the game, and now it's all over a few hours later, especially tough for our players and coaches. Yeah, Mark, I, I can only imagine, my man. Uh, I played collegiate sports, but I never was in one of these situations, that's for sure. Um, all right, so that pretty much wraps it up. We, I'm sure we'll have more to tackle as we get you know down the road. We'll have time to also settle our thoughts. I think there was – I want to repeat something at the beginning of the show when I was talking to Kevin Connors. I think there was some confusion with some of you why I was frustrated with Johns Hopkins and Amherst. I wasn't frustrated for the, um, for, for, for shutting things down because I didn't think it was a, a serious situation. I was more frustrated by the approach. Uh, for Johns Hopkins, they used Maryland cases. If they had just said, listen, we're, we're nervous about the Yeshiva cases that we do know about, and so we're going to be pragmatic here, eh, we wouldn't have loved it, but I understand. Um, And they had outdoor games going on. That's why the excuse didn't add up. For Amherst, I wasn't thrilled that they shut down 90 minutes before the the first game with no warning. And and I realized, by the way, both of these were not athletic departments. These were way above athletic departments. And I was frustrated on Sunday that without anything else, we are going to continue down this road. And those things change. And now I can appreciate that one, those are tough decisions. I've always appreciated that, but I just felt like we, we needed better reasons or we at least need people to be upfront about things or think about them quicker. Um, and I, I think sometimes there's not a be-all and end-all. I really like that these schools eventually said, listen, we're a little nervous about the bug. Um, we're we're going to at least shut down and limit it to just families. I appreciated that. Um it's a it's a good compromise. It didn't work out. Um, it's over, and that's unfortunate. Um, 
there are great teams out there. We had some great tournament games already, and I can only imagine how this was going to end. On that note, you might remember on Monday, the bracket breakdown show that we did, we got a package that day from Wisconsin Lutheran with a surprise. It was a jersey and, and a bobblehead. Well, because of all the craziness, I can get around to the other one. You might notice over our shoulder we have two bobbleheads. So Wisconsin Lutheran sent us this pretty cool bobblehead. Oh, the head's been moved a little bit. We'll, we'll move that around for you. It's really awesome. But within days, the pioneers of Plantville decided to we can do the same. So there's Pioneer Pete bobblehead. Love it. They also sent us a jersey. So really appreciate Plantville. For what they did, really cool. Um, I've been promising numerous programs that I will be getting stuff hung up. I plan to. Uh, we have a little more time to do that now. And so we will do that as a result. Um, there you go. That's it for us. If you want to send anything, by the way, to the studios, just email us. We will uh, take your, we'll let you know how to get it to us, and we will find a home for us in this lovely studios that we have. And we, we have all the plans in the world not to have a water break this year so that we have to redo the studios. By the way, for any of you who always wonder where the Johns Hopkins jersey is, by the way, have you noticed this right here? There's the Hopkins uh, practice jersey that we have had for, jeez, years. Ever since we went on air with video, we've had that. It's, it's hiding a bit. We'll try and find a better home for it, but that's where it's been hiding. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, I really appreciate you tuning in tonight. An exhausting show. Uh, mainly because I'm tapped out in general. Um, I want to quickly, before we go, though, uh, thank our sponsors yet again who, who help us with this programming. Um, of course, if you're looking for promotional products and apparels, apparel, easy for me to say, Sensible Sports Marketing is the largest selection of, of in college athletics. You can dream it, they can do it. From game day giveaways to premium door gifts and more, check them out online at GetSportsSense.com. Check them out on their phone, 800-575-4765. You can find them on Twitter. It's, um, oh, I already forgot it. Uh, Get Sports Sense. Oh, it's, Get, it's at Get Sports Sense. It's the same as their website. I uh, also want to thank our friends at Sport Tours International. Play the world, they say. Check them out online at www.sporttours.net. Um, if you're looking to do an international travel, maybe when coronavirus has died down or you're looking for a tournament, whether it's at Daytona for their shootout, uh, or you can come to the D3Hoops.com Classic in Las Vegas. Yep, Sport Tours helps put that on. Check them out. Uh, we can get you information on those as well. And they, they certainly are a class organization that we love working with. And Capital Lead Agency, prepare to advance. Check them out online at www.capitalleadagency.com or on Twitter, Cap Elite Agency. If you're a Division Three coach or any coach looking to advance your career, Capital Lead Agency might be the place that you can do it. Now, and don't forget, of course, Blue Frame Technology We're on our Team One Sports app on Apple TV, Roku, Android TV, or Amazon Fire TV, or online at www.team1sports.com slash hoopsville. That's where we're simulcasting, or where we primarily stream the show. Uh, and, of course, you can watch archives of the show there as well. I want to thank our friends at Blue Frame Technology. Of course, the donations up to about 5200 We really appreciate all of you who have donated to the show. Uh, it's definitely going to pay bills now. Is uh, There's going to be a ripple effect of this decision, folks. Understand that. Because um, there's a lot of production people in the world, including myself, uh, who, who had gotten used to these games as being part of our lives for other reasons. And uh, it'll be an interesting month, to say the least. But anyway, uh, I digress, uh, to say the least. I want to thank our guests on tonight's show. 
Uh, really appreciate everybody coming on. Uh, Michelle Ferenc at Whitman, John Krikorian at Christopher Newport, Sherry Herrer at Baldwin Wallace, obviously Brian Morehouse there at the end of the show, and then Kevin Connors from ESPN coming on the show earlier. Really appreciate the time he took t- to do that. I want to thank the sports information directors, who a lot of them now are going to have a lot of time that they're not used to in the spring on their hands. And uh, by the way, guys, if you need any help, I'm available. Uh, um, uh, John Barry uh, at at uh, Whitman, really appreciate the time he gave us. I want to thank all the guys at Christopher Newport, both uh, Francis and um, Rob Silsby for, for helping out get uh, Krikorian on the show today. Uh, I want to thank Louie, uh, who is apparently hiking a mountain in, in the uh, Colorado Rockies when we contacted him earlier this week about getting Coach Sherry Herrer on. Appreciate everybody's help in doing that. Uh, well, thank Alan Babbitt. I talked to Alan quite a bit this week, even though it had nothing to do with getting Brian on this show. But I want to thank Alan Babbitt as well for his help. Uh, we'll be back on the air. Again, I don't know if it's going to be Sunday at 7 like we normally would be doing, getting ready for the women's Final Four and the men's Elite Eight in Fort Wayne, or we might push it to Monday because we might do some selections uh, or some honors, some you know all-region stuff, maybe the all-star stuff. I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. I'm going to need a couple days to honestly recover. This is a gut shot for everybody, um, but we'll we'll be back on the air. Stay with us on Twitter at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. Stay with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Uh, stay with us on, on YouTube. D3Hoopsville is, is there. D3 uh, youtube.com says d3 hoopsville we're on instagram as well at d3 hoopsville and hashtag hoopsville we will announce when our next shows are trust me we are not done there's still more to talk about despite the fact the seasons came to an unceremonious end here uh today uh and we also hope down the road to talk to those from the ncaa about some of the decisions that had to be made whether it's sam atkinson or, or karen harvey on on the tournaments that were and and what was what had to be made though it was really out of their hands or those even higher up about the challenges. And again, those spring sports and the ramifications therein. So that'll do it for Hoops. I want to thank you all for tuning in. If you uh, want to talk Division Three basketball, you've got to listen to Hoops. So we will be back on the air, maybe not Sunday, but we will be back on the air soon enough. Promise you, we will do more shows before we officially wrap our season up. You've been listening to Hoops. I want to thank our friends at the National Association of Basketball Coaches, the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, of course, D3Hoops.com, along with uh, Sensible Sports Marketing, Sport Tours, Capital Lead Agency, and Blue Frame Technology for their help. We'll see you back here next time we're on the air from the Hoopsville Studios from WBCA and NABC. It's a tough one, folks. I at least take solace in the fact we had an amazing season. We'll talk more about that season on the next show. Good night, everybody.